here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Cranch. <laughs> I like him. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In, like in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Just stop yelling at me. I agree. All right, welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Cranch alongside yet again. I'm not even going to say it anymore because now you're, you're you're back. You're back in the saddle, Joe. It's Joe Lanza. How's it going? Rich was just telling me that he can't let his dogs outside because they're going to get attacked by coyotes. It's true. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, 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 they go outside, but, like, I kind of want to be able to monitor them. Like, right now, like, I, like, if it was up to me, I'd be like, yeah, go in the backyard, jack around the whole day or whatever. I, I don't care. But, yeah, there's, uh, there's coyotes. There's, like, every every week I get, like, a, a notification on, like, on Facebook or something like that because I, I follow a bunch of, like, you know, animal hospitals or whatever. And they're like, oh, one of our dearest, like, uh, you know, customers or whatever, whatever they call them, like, like Willow, this, like, 12-year-old Yorkie was mauled by a coyote or whatever and i'm just like oh god like that's like a weekly occurrence too so i'm just like yeah yeah i don't really want to like I, I my dogs are pretty resilient i feel like they would bark a coyote out of the way and, and maybe get them you know to scatter but just in case i don't really want to go out to like a mall dog in my backyard but, but you live in chicago illinois the home yeah of gangland violence i would think your dogs would be more in danger of stray bullets or something of that nature <laughs> right yes rather than coyotes i, I wouldn't I wouldn't think minutes away from the, the, the area where the, yes, it's true. But yeah, that's I, I, I if you said or street you know, fights, a, a, a two by four to the head is also a, a threat at any point uh, in, in Chicago. You know, some guy with boots, you know, his, his jeans tucked into his boots will hit you with a two by four anytime you're walking down the street. So you got to watch out. There are Chicago street fights frequently on your street from what I understand. Correct. But I, if you if you ask me to list all the dangers to your dogs, you know, I don't know how far I'd have to get before I would have picked coyote attack in, in Chicago. I mean, I would think that I don't know how far you are from Halstead Street. Maybe one man gang would come down and injure your dog or something. But I never would have guessed coyote attack. This is bizarre. You would think that coyote attack would be something that I would have to worry about out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you don't have to do it. That's not a thing at all. Coyote attacks? No. Yeah, no, no. Okay. Hmm. The, the only thing I have to worry about is uh, I do have a chihuahua. She's about two pounds. She's even Uh-oh. small on the Chihuahua scale. Big hawk coming to grab her. <laughs> a giant hawk coming down to grab her. I do have to watch for that. They will swoop down. You hear about this from time to time. They will pick up the Chihuahua because they think it's a rat. And then when they realize it's not a rat, they're like, I don't want this fucking thing. I can't eat this. And then they just drop it. And then it's, you know, the dog obviously splats on the ground and dies. Uh, but coyote attacks? No. 
I, I would not think in Chicago you'd have to worry about, but you don't live in Chicago, correct? Yeah, well, they actually, they're, they're pretty bad in actual Chicago proper. No, I live out in the suburbs or whatever, so I'm around like a ton of forest preserves and that sort of stuff. So I think they I think they come from there. I, I don't exactly know, you know why they're uh, popping up as much as they are lately, but uh, actual city of Chicago, like Wrigley Field, has like coyotes all the time around Wrigley Field. Like they, they wait till after the game and they go into the dumpsters and they're like walking around the area. Like, and, and the rats as well. Like when they were redoing Wrigley Field, there was coyotes everywhere. Because they knew that the rats were coming up, like that when they were ripping apart the, that stadium, it was just filled with rats and, and garbage because it's a piece of shit stadium. But uh, so yeah, there was like the coyotes just hanging around waiting for like rats to emerge from Wrigley Field. They might still be doing that as well. But yeah, there, there's coyotes in Chicago proper as well. So it's a it's kind of weird around here. There's there's a lot of coyotes for some freaking reason. I I, I never would have so thought coyote, that would be an issue. Coyotes will eat rats. I believe so. I, I don't know much about coyotes, but uh, I, I've and heard coyotes that coyotes will uh, eat other canines. They will, yes. I don't know if they actually eat them or just like maul them. You know what I mean? Like I'm it's not like sure. Kill if they, them. That's yeah. That's what I'm not sure because everybody that I every like this is a great way to start a podcast. As well, talking about dog deaths, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every like story I see talks about like the, the dog was like mauled or whatever. Like it's not like they pick up this little Yorkie and then like take it away somewhere. They just like maul it. I don't know if they're eating it while they're doing that or if they just maul it to maul it. Like that's where I'm not quite sure, and I don't necessarily really want to find out either. So. This is just shocking information to me. It'd be way down on the list. I would think maybe, oh, they'll get out of the yard and get hit by a car. Uh, there'll be some gangland violence and they'll get caught in a crossfire. Uh, one man gang will attack them and you know, you know beat them with a, a two by four or something. I, but I would never think. Lod could stab them with their spikes. Maybe you know if they, if, if Hawk true. is if Hawk is particularly uh, sauced up that day, he might you know be a little wild with the spikes. So yeah, that's yeah. I mean, you never know when Barry Windham. And Road Warrior Hawk will just be rumbling down the street in a Chicago street fight. And I would think that could be a danger to a dog, but not, I would never get, and you said it so casually, like, ah, there's been a lot of coyote attacks lately, so I'm not going to let the dogs out while I'm doing this podcast. This is bizarre. Yeah, we had like, a, like the first week we moved in here, we had this like little lady that came to our house and she was just like, hi, like, I see you have little dogs. Just a warning. Like the neighbor's dog was mauled like two weeks ago. And I was just like, holy shit. All right. I like how you said that in. A stereotypical Chicago accent. Yeah, yeah. She will. Your Chicago accent does come out from time to time. Now, the nurse has a very strong Chicago accent. Yes, she does. Yeah. She Don't tell is, her that, though. She argues it to death about it. Like, but I always, well, tell, it, it, I always tell her that you said it, and like you would know because you don't live here. Like, so you would be right. a very obvious person to go. Because it was the first time you heard her voice. You went, holy shit. <laughs> She's from Chicago. <laughs> it's like, that lady is from Chicago. <laughs> yes. There's no, no question. Yours comes out when you get fired up. Hers is very strong. I mean, very obvious. Uh, but she can deny it all she wants. Um, in fact, people can hear her Chicago accents right now. Isn't that right, Rich? That is correct. Are you going to do the plug or you want me to? I would love to do the plug, but I don't know what the hell it's called because I forgot. So <laughs> It's all good. Yes. Me and the nurse, we started a podcast. She got so annoyed of me doing podcasts on my own that she said, if the only time I could spend time with you is doing a podcast. And I said, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. So uh, we're doing a 90s podcast, like a little 90s nostalgia podcast. You can go to uh, all90spodcast.com. You can see it there. We posted our first episode uh, this past, uh, actually, this, this afternoon. As we're recording this this afternoon, we posted it. Uh, we tried Zima for the first time. Did you know? Did you ever have Zima back in the 90s, Joe? I, Rich, as you know, I am alcohol free, my friend. I never. Oh, uh, no, my God, I'm an idiot. Yeah, but did you I've get never consumed. Zima? I feel like I feel like you wouldn't have known because it was kind of radical. It was like citrusy that time, you know. Or did yeah, you, you knew I mean, for? Yeah, I watched people consume Zima. Um, how did? Wait a minute. Did you drink Zima like 
an unopened bottle of Zima from no, it's back. That's that's why we so we've wanted to do this podcast for quite a while. Never really found a good jump off point to do it, and we we were at a store and I had heard something about like Zima coming back and like limited release or whatever. So I'm like, ha okay, whatever we're at the store. And there is just like, seriously, like 15 feet high of like boxes of Zima. I'm just like, what the hell? And like, we're having a 4th of July party. And I was like, Oh, you know, it'd be pretty cool to, you know, just having a few people come over. And I was like, oh, I'd be pretty cool to, you know, buy some Zima and be like, ah, you know, ah, Zima's, you know, limited release or whatever. Cause that's exactly what they're doing it for. They're doing it for nineties kids to go, Oh, uh, Zima. I remember that when we were growing up, like, yeah, let's buy some and like try it or whatever. So we were going to buy it for that party i find out then or I'm, I'm thinking in my head okay you know what before we buy this let's see if it's actually awful like i don't want to buy it and then like people are gonna be like this is terrible why did you even buy this, this is horrible because i don't want to buy like 10 of them or you know two two six packs and it's awful or whatever so we decided to try it and we said hey if we're gonna do this podcast this is the perfect time to do it talk about zima a, a very 90s drink zima uh drink it on the air um discuss it a little bit and, and that's what we did with the all 90s podcast so yeah you can check it out all 90s podcast.com I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna reveal what I thought about Zima. You have to listen to the podcast. Though. Yeah, that's smart. You know, you don't want. Why would you want to give that away? Then no, I'm not no, listen. Yeah. You know, I, I, I recommend if you should buy it for your Fourth of July party or not. I mean, what, what better, you know, what better value am I adding to, to the podcast world than that? So, no, it's pretty fun. Uh, I think we uh, we get along pretty well, so I think people will enjoy it. I, I don't know. Uh, when are you guys getting divorced? Um. Well, I'm actually staring at a picture of the bullet babe right now. So you're staring at a picture of, doing, of the bullet babe, Amber uh, Amber Gallows. What does that have to do with your divorce? You have a are you are you? No, are you, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Like that's when you, it, it was kind of funny that you're mentioning divorce and and issues uh, and marital issues. And I'm looking at the picture of the bullet babe. Uh, I don't think we're getting divorced anytime soon. I think we still like each other. I don't know, man. I don't like the sounds of the only time I get to spend with you is if I record yeah, a, a podcast joke. because you've done, you, you, you probably do. <laughs> is there a, is there a person on earth who records more podcasts than Rich Krejci? I don't know if uh, there is. Well, I mean, Chris Zellner records like six and a half power podcasts at once. So does that? Well, no, no, no. Count? Okay. Yeah. Is it wrong number? But I mean, number of podcasts. I mean, he only has what one podcast now, right? I don't think there hasn't been an exile on Bad Street in a long time, or it has there right, been because yeah. I'm out of the loop. I'm a little out um, of the loop today. I, I record so many podcasts, so I don't have time to listen to them. So, yeah. So you do like four different podcasts now. Mm-hmm. Is this correct? This is correct. Yeah. So that's a lot of podcasts, <laughs> and that's a lot of hours to put in the podcasts every week. Um, and you have your wife telling you. I'm a little worried. I think maybe, um, I think maybe you guys are gonna have to go to some marriage counseling and work this out. <laughs> I think that. Uh, listen, I don't do I'm it. Known, she works three nights a week, and I just pack everything into those three nights. I'm known among my friends as the relationship whisperer. Are you? I, <laughs> okay, all right. I am. I can help you. I just got off the phone with one of my ex-girlfriends. We were on the phone for about three hours. We were on the phone for four hours last night, and I'm helping her through some of the problems she's having. I'm a very intuitive man. I have great instincts for these matters. And, Rich, I sense that there's some problems. If you guys need some help, you know, we could even record it and play it for the world. I think think that's a great idea. I think that's a – yeah, that's a fantastic idea. Let's do that. You guys can – yeah, you know, this – sometimes – Matt, how long have you been married? Do you have your one-year anniversary? Uh, A little over a year now, yeah. got married A little over a year now. Very nice. Congratulations. But this is where the problems come. Okay. So I think this is, this is right around. Yeah. You know, it's that one year itch, you know, and uh, where you finally start to see the flaws in the other person. Uh, listen, oh, that was pretty quick. I think that happened very quickly. So. I'm here for you. You guys want to talk Thank it you. out. We can do that. We can hit the record button 
and you know, we'll let the listeners decide if all is happy in the Krejci household. Because I don't know, I don't like what I'm hearing. I got to be honest. I'm an intuitive guy, and I, I'm, I don't like it, Rich. We got to make sure that the Krejci and the nurse stay together here. Mm-hmm. You know, if only for the good of the podcast. You know, no, that's the podcast, yeah. no good. You don't just want to stay together for the good of the podcast. <laughs> the all nineties podcast, though. No, no, that's not no. See, I again, I don't like what I'm hearing here. It's not good. I think maybe you guys need to have a little chat with me. You want to hit yeah, that record button? Fine. Talking, like we need alcohol to even talk to each other now. Yeah, it's you're right. right. I mean, you've got the only way you'll talk is if you're doing a podcast and getting drunk on Zima. So clearly, right. there's some issues here. What would you guys do for your anniversary? What did we do for our anniversary? Oh, we went to uh, Italy, a little place called Italy. I don't know if you've ever been there. Oh, that was so, the anniversary. Yeah, really, uh, really unromantic. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So that was some date you took her on. You took her to Italy for. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say for her anniversary. Do we? You know, Dewey. see, Dewey. this is a, this is a classic case of overcompensation. See, this just leads me to believe there's more problems because you know you're having a lot of problems and you overcompensate. You know, so I, I don't think a trip to Italy was really an appropriate date for a one-year anniversary. Whatever happened to a quiet candlelight dinner or something to that effect? You well, know? it was technically also our, uh, our, our honeymoon because we never went on a honeymoon because so. we didn't have the monies. So. so you're combining the honeymoon with the anniversary. Yeah. See, that's another problem I'm seeing here. Now <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> we're, we're skipping holidays pretty soon. You're going to be like, eh, don't worry about her birthday. Her birthday is two days coming. after Christmas. No, I lump everything together. See, uh, well, again, no, don't have a birthday nine. on December 27th. I mean, that's just garbage. It's a garbage you, joke. It's doesn't garbage. sound good. This doesn't sound good. <laughs> you got to make that birthday special every time. I don't care what day it's on. Okay? Yeah. You give her a nice Christmas, then you give her a nice birthday. You, you, you're combining events. These are no. These are more bad signs. I don't like what I'm hearing. I got to tell you. But anyway, everyone should listen to what's it called again? Uh, all nineties podcast. You go to all nineties podcast.com or also on Twitter. These two people uh, all might 90s not podcast. be together for much longer. So listen to you the can all nineties podcast. Hear the podcast. erosion of our, uh, our marriage on a weekly basis or not a weekly. We're not going to do it weekly. Cause God forbid that that'd be awful. But, uh, uh, <laughs> on a semi regular basis, you can hear the erosion of our, our marriage. So, and if everybody listens, split sponsors like zip recruiter. Exactly. Let's talk about zip recruiter here a little bit. Cause Joe, as you know, and as our listeners know, that any great business is only as good as the great talent that works for them. We're going to talk about a talent roster, the likes of which the wrestling world has never seen here in a moment. But ZipRecruiter is different than all the other job recruiting sites. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology officially matches the right people to your job better than anybody else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. There's no more juggling emails or calls to your office uh, or, you know, Joe, like you always had the issues with people sending in resumes and not putting like their email or phone number or whatever. Don't have to worry about that anymore. You simply screen, rate, and manage all candidates in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. And now, for our exclusive listeners today, find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Our listeners can post the jobs to ZipRecruiter for free, for free, ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. You want to post jobs, ZipRecruiter for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. That's once again, ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. So let's talk about, I think the big news we talk about talent rosters and, 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 
and things that are just the, the great, you know, one of the best of all time. You know, when we talk about these all time collections of talent, we, we, we often bring up, you know, it, it, the all Japan back in the day, you know, when you have the four pillars and that sort of stuff, we talk about these collections of talent, these all time great talents or whatever. And, and, and coming up now, and, and, and especially in the news these, this past week was arguably the greatest talent roster of all time. And that of course, we're talking about global force wrestling and their, their state of the art database, uh, to collect uh, talent. Joe, I don't know if you saw this in the news, but uh, today a press release came out that Anthem Wrestling Exhibitions, LC, a subsidiary of Anthem Sports and Entertainment Corp. and parent company of Impact Wrestling has announced that they entered into an agreement to acquire Global Force Entertainment, LLC, also known as Global Force Wrestling. I'm sure it was a tough negotiation. I wonder at the table had to be rough. Because, you know, on TV, they sort of have to be, I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the database alone, millions, uh, no doubt. And that that, the the gold, uh, as you mentioned, there's, you know, gold reserves that, of course, the global force gold. Did Anthem acquire Uh, the global force gold? I'm wondering. Uh, there is nothing in this press release that says it, but it's probably they don't. They want to. They, they want to take you off the scent a little bit. They don't want to let you know that this much money has been invested. You know what I mean? Like, because then you're going to get stockholders that are like, "Hold on a minute, what are we like? Well, we're really investing a lot here. Let's let's you know, kind of reel it in." So I get it that they didn't talk about the gold uh, right away. As far as I know, in this press release, I'm sure more details will come uh, at a later date that we'll see. But uh, I apologize, my dogs are barking like fucking maniacs right now. But uh, yeah, I, you know, you, of course, you have those amped TV tapings. Um, because those, I'm sure you could air, you know, tomorrow with with the, the the just amazing collection of talent that you have on those AMP tapings. But yeah, you have AMP, uh, the state of the art database, Global Force Gold, the titles. Um, what else does Global Force have? I mean, it's such a whirlwind that that it's such a big entity. You know, this is very very much like the time that you know the AOL Time Warner merger here in a lot of ways. They and, have and lots that, of uh, they have lots of glossy eight by tens in with lime green borders of Jeff and Karen Jarrett. Yes, of course. Yeah. Those, I mean, a warehouse probably full of those, this, you know, that's not going to be easy to, uh, uh, global force t-shirts. I remember those always hanging around. Um, those, the replica titles. Remember we talked about those, the, uh, I don't even know if they were replicas. They were like $3,000. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know if that's, that was lumped in with global force gold since those belts were made out of gold or if that I was, think it was the know, actual global force next gen <laughs> title. Right. Buy this title. <laughs> but here's the thing. That's Cody Rhodes is the champion. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's adding that to his collection of belts. I, I don't, you know, he's, he's in, he's into a uh, day, uh, two fifteen of, of his title reign as the next any X, Asterisk G E N all caps champion. Uh, I don't think he's showing up on Impact anytime soon to drop that title. So uh, I would say you know nothing, something. But uh, let me read the rest of this press release here, and then then I want to agree. He'd have to agree to do a job in order to lose a title, right? Which is going to be tough for old Cody R to do that. So that's yeah. uh, probably, probably not going to work. Our dogs are really off the rails today. I don't know what's going on. Here. Yeah, there's a professional podcast here. <laughs> like mine barking, you're squeaking. This is why Super pays the big bucks, right? Exactly. That's why we get the big sponsors because uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. We're <laughs> terrible. We're just an awful. What are we? Why does anybody listen to this? <laughs> Uh, Jeff Jarrett, the founder of both Impact Wrestling and Global Force Entertainment, will join Anthem Wrestling Exhibitions as a member of its board of managers, equity owner, and chief creative officer. This is a quote from Karen Jarrett. We are thrilled to be joining forces with Anthem as a partner to build the business. This partnership will be complementary of our strengths and bolster our capabilities to grow the Impact Wrestling brand. Ed Norholm as president and Jeff Jarrett as chief creative officer make a great tag team. I still don't know what any of this means. 
I mean, was there a cash transaction here? Could there have been? I We're mean- excited by the progress we have made with Impact Wrestling since acquiring the business in January, says Ed Norholm. Uh, Jeff and his team have been instrumental in the success, and we're pleased that we have reached an agreement on the basis of which we can combine our businesses to continue to grow. Wait, stop, stop, stop. Jeff has <laughs> been instrumental, has been, well, what success? Global Force had no success. What does that even mean? Well, since they merged, because of course, in TV and in storyline in April, they merged um, Impact and Global Force, of course. But as we said, the the negotiating table was so hot that it was sort of like a handshake agreement, but we got to get down to numbers. Uh, And that was what the last two and a half months were, were were them going through the numbers, asset, you know, management, figuring out how this mega transaction is possibly going to happen. So uh, I I guess that's what he's saying. Ever since Jeff Jarrett came aboard with the Global Force Wrestling brand and and the cachet that comes, of course, with Global Force Wrestling. So, yeah, there there was uh, that was instrumental in the in the obvious success of impact uh, since Jeff Jarrett's uh, returned. Slammiversary, by the way, Slammiversary 15 will be a fitting occasion to bring the promotions together and merge the titles under the new Impact Combined Belts. By combining our resources and talent, we can produce the best product for our global audience. They're combining some of those belts at Slammiversary, which we'll talk about later. There you go. That's uh, that's, Not the next-gen title, though, because Cody R. Cody R is probably not showing up. Uh, I did want to, though. I mean, certain things have happened, but I I feel like he's got something else going on that day, but, you know... I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. But um, I did want to because this will be our last opportunity now. Our one of our best shows ever was us just making fun of Global Force for like two and a half hours. Uh, this will be our last time now to go over the current Global Force roster. So I, I I'm on the website globalforcewrestling.com. Damn dogs! I apologize. <laughs> Globalforcewrestling.com/slash/roster because this is the assets now that that TNA is acquiring. And and when you look at this roster, you see how big of a deal this is to be able to merge Global Force Wrestling. And this database, I mean, we, we remember the famed database, the Global the Force The famed database. And, and don't millions, forget. Millions of wrestlers in this database. Millions of wrestlers. And don't forget the Las Vegas press conference where Jeff Jarrett spoke to a room of zero reporters. He stood in a room at the Orleans Casino in Las Vegas, and there was literally zero people there. And he, he still went to the podium. And conducted a press conference for no one, which was an underreported story. I mean, that was come on. Why do you even bother? I mean, not a single reporter showed up, but he still got behind that podium, and uh, and and I believe that was the roster reveal, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Yes, it was. Yes, the, the, yes. Yeah. Davy Boy Smith Jr. was the first roster member announced. I remember that. That was a uh, it was a it was a happening, as Gorilla Monsoon would say. Uh, it was such a happening that zero reporters showed up for the press conference. Zero press showed up for the press conference. Um, so I'm going I'm to go over this roster here just so we can kind of, I mean, one, I mean, we talk about all-time collections of talent. This, this is right up there. I mean, it absolutely. You know, um, all kidding aside, but it's just funny where they all are today. Right, yeah. Like, and that's the problem, too, is because we have those amp tapings that we kind of are laughing about. What are they going to do with them? I mean, they've tried to sell them to TV, and it was kind of funny because they, they did those, and I believe it was July of 2015, if I remember correctly. Uh, the first ones at the Orleans Arena, and you go through and you look at a lot of the the, the matches, and it's like when when it was into like mid 2016, they already couldn't show any of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like half these people were signed other deals. Like like here's just a rough idea of, of who is here on. Um, this is the first amp This is July 24, 2015, at the Orleans Arena. So here are the guys you had. You had uh, they had the tournament for the next gen titles. You had PJ Black versus Seiya Sonata. So let's say hypothetically, let's just, okay, let's maybe let's come up with a hypothetical here. Let's say five months ago, 
some random channel said, yes, we will air this Global Force Wrestling stuff. And, and Jarrett went, all right, awesome. Great, we have a deal. Let's go back. Let's look at these tapings and see what we can show. Let's think about it from that standpoint then. Let's say January 2017, okay? That's when they finally get, hey, did a handshake. We're going to air this stuff. We got it. Let's go. Okay. So yeah, PJ Black say a Sonata. That's going to be tricky. I think Sonata probably not going to be able to appear. No. No. You had a Global Force Wrestling Tag Team title tournament. The Bollywood Boys... Oh, well, that's a problem, isn't it? Defeating the Akbars, yes. Yeah, so that match probably not. Wait, defeating show. the who? Uh, the Akbars, Ali Akbar and Omar Akbar. Oh, of course, yeah. Who could yeah. forget the Akbars? Who the fuck are the Akbars? I, you know, I, I'll lie. I, uh, I can't lie. I do not know who the Akbars are. They are uh, OVW team, apparently. Their latest matches were the Impact <laughs> or the Amp taping. So uh, obviously not getting a whole lot of work since then. So um, that's the Akbars. Uh, Kushida versus Virgil Flynn. Hmm. But uh, maybe maybe they'll let Kushida Why air, but... and then book him against Virgil Flynn. Well, you know, database man. It's sometimes it's easy. sometimes you're at the whim of the database. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the York Foundation. Sometimes it just spits stuff out, and like you just got to do it. You, you know, sometimes Mike Rotunda had to go for a roll up a minute into the match just because the the, the computer told him to. You, you know, so That's a good point it doesn't always work. I mean, you, you live by the database. You die. You know, you die by the database. Uh, GFW Women's Title Tournament. Christina Von Erie. Defeats Lady Tapa and Mickey James. Mickey James. Yeah, that could be. An I, don't, I don't remember that. Now, Christina Von Erie, of course, went on to win that tournament. Very uh, available. Anytime you need to show Christina Von Erie on TV. I well, if you recall, up. Candice LeRae just blew it off and didn't show up for the final. She was going to win. Um, blew off the 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 final taping, and Christina Von Erie became the champion instead. Um, and then she didn't lose that title until like a couple months ago at the Impact tapings. After the merger, Sienna, Sienna, yes, Sienna, to Sienna. After like seven hundred days or something like that. So that's right, and Sienna will defend that title in a title versus title match at Slammiversary. So uh, there's there's a history of that belt that no one wanted. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, also in the uh, next gen title tournament, I feel like this is the first match where they could definitely air it without any issues. Uh, Jigsaw and Sanjay Dutt. You can air that one. Yeah, there you go. So you got one. <laughs> what do we got? Maybe Kushida, Virgil, Flynn. Um, and then Jigsaw Sanjay Dutt. So we got two matches out of the first uh, show that we can show. Uh, uh, GFW Global Title Tournament Quarterfinal Match. You got the former Chris Masters defeating Brian Myers. Mm, Brian Myers issue. might be a problem. <laughs> that is going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, GFW Tag Team Title Tournament. You got Reno Scum defeating Los Luchas. Well, who the hell is Los Luchas? Because Reno Scum, Phoenix obviously. Star and Zocre? Zocre? I don't know who the hell these guys are. Not familiar with those gentlemen, but uh, Reno Scum, of course, part of the Impact roster. So you, there, there's a match they could air. Other California guys, it looks like. They do Lucha Vavum and a few other um, the Lost Luchas. So I guess, yeah, there's, so there's another one you can air. So good little show here. Jeff uh, W. Global title quarter final match. Bobby Roode versus Kevin Cross. That could wow. be an issue. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? How what was the date on this? This isn't that this long. Was, this was July 2015. It was that long ago. That's the bad part. It was about two it. years ago. It was two years ago. So look how much the wrestling world changes in just two years. It's pretty crazy. It moves pretty fast. Uh, and then this. Okay, so you got your main event here, Nick Aldis versus Kongo Kong. You can do that. Nick Aldis, big. Uh, didn't he just announce that he was a free agent? And uh, I know people are clamoring to get Magnus on their <laughs> roster. Um. <laughs> Is there more of a jag than Magnus? I mean, geez, you know, the guy's dry as a bone, but uh, of course. So they put the title on him, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, because when you have a chance to put the title on Magnus, you can't you really it, uh, yeah. turn that down. So uh, who's the opponent there? The, uh, it was who? Oh, Kongo Kong. So you can do that. Oh, Kongo Kong. Yeah, that okay. property. So yeah. you can do that. Uh, he's been impressive on Impact. I've enjoyed him. Kong Kong's great. I, I'm glad. I'm glad he's kind of finally bouncing. You know, being seen by a little bit bigger of an audience because, uh, well, hypothetically a bigger audience. But uh, uh, Kong Kong's great. I really do like him a lot. I, I watched he's, uh, he's Kevin Matthews. I watched Kevin Matthews face Mahabali Shira on Impact this week. And because, um, yes, when I have time to watch wrestling, I watch Kevin Matthews versus <laughs> yeah, Mahabali Shira. With, with your very uh, limited amount of free time you decided to watch. And, and not only that, uh, an injured Mahabali Shira doing an injury angle because Loki had just kicked his ass in the previous segment. Um, and it was one of the worst matches you'll see this year. I mean, we're talking um, Lana versus Alexa Bliss level bad. Um, Kevin Matthews is a horrendous pro wrestler. I mean, he is the shits. And he wasn't always the shits. At one point, I've seen plenty of Kevin Matthews matches, okay? He, at one point, was, oh, I'm sorry, KM. How silly of me. I don't know who this Kevin Matthews is that I'm speaking. Why is he KM? Why is he not just Kevin Matthews? Kids don't like to use full names these days. Like to, you know, I don't understand. I mean, it doesn't make sense. So could call him K-Math, you know, K-Math, you know, something like that. You could, could maybe have done, but KM works a little bit better, you know, a little quicker off the... He's put on a little bit of weight. Plus characters for your tweets as well, you know. I'm but the guy is Kevin just Matthews. terrible. Kevin Matthews legitimately, legitimately now. <sighs> Let me think about this. And you're sure this wasn't Malabala Shearer's fault because he is one of the worst wrestlers of all time. Oh, he's one of the worst of all time. And he was working an injury angle. So think about that. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather um, not. Yeah, I'd rather, he had the I'd taped rather up not. ribs. You know the old taped ribs? Have you ever seen someone in real life with taped ribs? <laughs> no, it, I feel like it wouldn't work either. Yeah, I, I like I just I would love to see like Carmelo Anthony walk out to the court just like kind of like tape just on his tape ribs. around the ribs. Ah, yeah. My ribs hurt. The only thing that will help it is athletic tape. Like, yeah, I feel like that would hurt more if my ribs were. <laughs> yeah, hurt. yeah. Like, let's maybe not put pressure on my ribs. Let's yeah, and I wrap me. tape very tightly around. <laughs> maybe let's release ribs. pressure for my ribs. <laughs> right. I feel like I'd have a harder time breathing, but that's a pro wrestling standard, you know. <laughs> So he's working with taped ribs, and Kevin Matthews is just so bad. With the exception of Mahabali Shira and maybe like, I don't know, Tamina or Lana or people like that, Kevin Matthews might be the worst major league pro wrestler wow. today. He's really bad, Rich. I know you don't keep up with the impact, um, but Kevin Matthews is really fucking bad, like horrendously bad. Uh, like, and, and things that like he shouldn't be bad at, at this stage of his career, like being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, he's lost all of his athleticism. I mean, he used to be a fairly athletic guy. Um, I've even had people tell me, you know, privately that I, you know, I obviously can't expose you people that they're like, I don't know what happened to this guy, but he's, he's look, he was never a super worker, but he was serviceable. He was decent. He was okay. You've seen a few of his matches, right? Yeah, Uh, sure. Oh yeah. 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 He was fine. He's terrible. Like I'm telling his you. Stuff. Yeah, guy knew his stuff. Yeah, at least. I mean, he knew how to form a pro wrestling match. Like that was a thing that, sure. like, yeah, I wasn't like a super worker, but he knew the basics and and could get through a basic, you know, ABC match or whatever. Always a good talker. I won't take that away from him. Um, ex- you know, a natural heel, I would say. Right? He's a natural sure. heel. Yeah. He gets over, exudes uh, cockiness. You know, uh, he's too cocky, Kevin Matthews, for a reason, right? Or KM. Uh, but, but. Just a horrendous wrestler at this point. I don't know what happened to this guy. He's not like he's 45 years old. I think he's what, like 34, 35, right? Tops. He can't be much older than that. I mean, he's always been kind of guy that, that was younger than you thought, you know, when you eventually saw him wrestle. So, Kevin yeah, no, Matthews is 34 years old. Okay, yeah. So, so you should be entering your prime, not <laughs> running as far away from no it as possible. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. 
I mean, he was in a mixed tag uh, about a month or so ago on Impact, and he was the fifth best person in a match with four people because Congo Kong did a run in, you know, and it's like he was legitimately worse than everybody in the match. He's just guys is horrendous. But anyway, uh, he, he loses to Mahabali Shira, the injured Mahabali Shira, because uh, there was in India, of course. So big pop for, for Mr. Shira. But uh, Congo Kong did a run in and they laid out Shira after the match. So that's what made me think of uh, how horrible Kevin Matthews is now because you brought up Congo Kong. There you he's go. Doing, and he's getting over it. Congo Kong's doing a nice job and he's getting over on the impact. Yeah, no, he's just a unique. He just looks like nothing in pro wrestling right now. I mean, it's, it's so unique and, and he's a great monster too. And, the, and the, he's a monster that can also just bust out like a, you know, a moonsault at some point. And that just makes people go nuts. Like it, he's, he's so good at, you know, the, the big impact, the big splash, the big power slam, the, you know, the big leg, all that sort of stuff. But then if he wants to, he can also do, you know, a tope. And then that just makes people go absolutely nuts. I was hoping they bring back Falaba. I thought he looked unique on Impact too for the couple spots that he did there on the first set of tapings when uh, Jarrett took over again. But uh, I don't think he's been back. No. Um, real quickly though, I want to uh, before we move on uh, past Global Force for unfortunately the last time because I think we're no longer going to be talking about Global Force ever again. And I don't know. Man, the opportunity. We'll about I Global Force in about an hour when we do Slammiversary. Oh, so. possibly, yeah. But uh, <laughs> we got October 2003, uh, October twenty third, two thousand fifteen. This is the last Global Force Amps tapings. This is the last show, the blow-off of a lot of these tournaments and stuff. I, I, I'm going to go through these top four matches here to just show you uh, how uh, this probably wouldn't work out very well for a uh, whole Global Force. So you had the Global Force Global Title Tournament Final for the vacant title, Nick Aldis defeating Bobby Roode. Mm-hmm. Tag Team Title Tournament Final, the Bollywood Boys defeating Redom Scum. Yeah, okay. Uh a random singles match, the Masked Saint versus Joey Ryan. I don't know who the Masked Saint is. But the Masked Saint. Yeah, he has no link on cage match, so uh, I don't know. Huh. <laughs> they really don't know either, and nobody cared to find out. So uh, I don't know who the Masked Saint is. And then uh, the GFW Next Gen Title Tournament Final Fatal 4-Way, PJ Black, Jigsaw, Virgil Flynn, and TJP. TJP? That I, I don't even remember. <laughs> So PJ Black won that, correct? Uh, he did. So unfortunately, you can show the Mass Saint versus Joey Ryan. You talk about a guy who dropped off the planet. PJ Black dropped off. Yeah, the remember that thing? Remember when that was like going to be a thing when he was like, "Oh, he's on the Indies now," and it's just like he never did. I mean, popped up a little bit. He was he was a little bit more interesting than the other guys because like sometimes guys like I guess Jack. Well, I guess Jack Swagger's. I, I, I wanted to say he's, he's now generating a little buzz, but I guess there was like a very little buzz. Zero buzz. Yeah, I mean, there was like a minute amount of buzz for like a brief week or whatever. But uh, Black was a guy who came out like a ball. I mean, like absolutely the first few weeks was like, boom, he's on PWG. Boom, he's doing this. He's over in Europe. He's over in the, you know, he's doing everything. And he was uh, and crazy. And then it's just like nothing. It's just been a complete. I, you don't even hear about the guy. I, he I did well I for himself on the uh, Evolve shows in San Francisco. Oh, I forgot that he was even in those. Yeah, Remember right. That? Yeah. He did all right, too. Um, but the Darewolf hasn't been on the scene in a while, Rich. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he's just cashing. Because he, in Lucha Underground, he was definitely there, right? Yeah, I think so. Correctly, yeah, he did some stuff in, in Lucha. But, I mean, I don't know if that's what he's, like, banking on. Because, yeah, otherwise, you know, I'm going through his, his, his cage match right now. I mean, yeah, it's just, like, random indies in Michigan uh, Random Indies in Qatar. Is he currently working? No. Uh, the last match he had was in April in Qatar. It was Rey Mysterio, Carlito, PJ Black, and Mil Mortes. It's <laughs> just a money mark show in Qatar. So. He's doing these random money mark shows, basically. And then before that, he did XICW, which I believe was an EFED that I used to run. Uh, Best of Detroit in Clinton Township, Michigan. It was Gavin Quinn defeating TJ Black. Those are his last two matches in March and in April. Wow. And that's it. 
Rich, do you know what the first match was in Global Force Wrestling history? <laughs> I don't. Are you telling me right now? I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, this was in Jackson, Tennessee, in a minor league ballpark in front of 200 rabid fans. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> do you remember the images of that? I do. It was embarrassing. <laughs> it's like this 3,000 seat, 4,000 seat minor league stadium, and there's 20 people there, like spread out. Like everybody had their own row, everybody had their own section. It's like at some point, just tell them, all right, guys, like I'm sorry, I know you want it, but like everyone's got to just sit like very close. Like we're going to go with the tightest shot possible with everybody just sit right here. But yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Hey, they were paid shows though. Double, listen. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jerry. Oh, yeah. Well, double J. We're going to talk about old Double J here in a minute, I guess. Well, I guess now's Always a good time to jump out. off of it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Always comes out ahead. Yeah. Uh, first match in Global Force Wrestling history, Rich. Best friends dropped a tag match. <laughs> That's right. Chuck Taylor and Trent. You know who they lost to? They lost to the Tate Twins. Now, do you know who the Tate Twins oh, are? Aren't they, aren't they the really fat dudes? Nope. FM? Okay, I do not know who the Tate Twins are. Then. The Tate Twins are the boys. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. nice. The boys won. A trivia. You can keep that in your back pocket and uh, you can do that. bar trivia around the country with, you know, hey, what was the first match in Global Forest Wrestling history? Now you'll know that by listening to this. That's right. It was the boys defeating best friends. Um, I would like to see that match, actually. I bet you that was very fun, the boys taking on best friends. Um, but, yeah, so um, – we had Thea Trinidad knocking off Lady Tapa. <laughs> Sanjay Dutt defeated uh, Yamin Olivencia. Remember this guy? I do. I'm looking at him right now. He's like a, he's like a Brian Cage cosplay uh, right now. I'm looking at his, his, his image on the Global Force roster right now. The last matches that man has ever worked were Global <laughs> Force wrestling matches. He has never been seen that's, since. Unfortunately, that seems to happen to a lot of the, uh, the original Global Force crew. But uh, yeah, that's uh, it's not ideal when that happens. When Half the people that were on your show never wrestle again. But I'm going to go over this Moose. roster here real quick. Moose? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Moose is a, yeah, Kevin right. Matthew on that show. And uh, I, as I recall, these shows, these first sets of shows, um, a lot of the wrestlers who drove to these shows, by the way, um, when they got there, Jarrett wanted them to fill out like W4s for tax <laughs> information purposes. They were all pissed off because these are pro wrestlers. You know, they're used to getting cash money in an envelope, you know. And uh, no, global. <laughs> let me tell you something about old Double J. Okay. He's it's not the a- best. He's not the best businessman because that's probably, you know, Vince McMahon or whatever. But man, in, in the non Vince category, I don't know if there's a better pro wrestling businessman than Jeff Jarrett. He said, hey, look, you're not getting cash money in an envelope. You're getting a paycheck, my friend. And you're not getting that paycheck until you fill out all the proper documents. <laughs> right. So we're going to get your I-9 straightened out. You better have two forms of ID. Uh, there was a car full of people from a uh, certain state on the East Coast who were not happy about that. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, begin in NEW and end in... I, I Listen, I will say no more. Uh, the former Chris... Begin in NEW. I'll, I'll leave it open from there. There are multiple states that start with NEW, so you can... That's true. That's, that's, there, not, so. that's not incorrect. Chris Masters beat someone named Dustin Starr in the semi-main events, and then, uh, you know, the Bullet Club, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Can't use that footage. Uh, with, <laughs> with Amber, with the aforementioned Amber O'Neill and Jim Cornette, for some reason. Oh, this is the reason. Because yeah. they defeated the new Heavenly Bodies. Um, who may or may not have been in that car as well. But the point here is... Uh, New Hampshire. Obviously, known New Hampshire hotbed. Why didn't Cornette manage the New Heavenly Bodies in that situation? Why would you have both managers on one side? 
or maybe maybe Cornette, maybe the angle was he was annoyed. Like, who are these guys calling themselves? I think that's. I, the I almost positive that's what it was. Right? Like, God like, damn, who the hell are these? Well, yeah, like, yeah. Then they probably right. tried to have the actual, you know, and then it didn't really work out very well. So. Yeah. So, uh, so now you can tell your friends that the boys won the first ever Global mm-hmm. Force match, and that new Heavenly Bodies, uh, Dustin and Justin, um, main evented the first ever uh, Global Force show. So, and and what? everyone was filling out I nines and W. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was. <laughs> like Jared, the best part about Jared, and, and that's why I said he's like the best. Do you think they ever got their checks? Like, yeah, people are going to be upset about it. like, oh, Jared's not the best, da, da, da. but like that dude will turn five bucks into ten, and like that, like that, he's perfectly content doing that, or turn five bucks into five bucks that stretches out for five years. You know what I mean? Like that dude never makes a lot of money, but he's always fucking around, and when it's all said and done, when the dust settles, Double J is always just standing there, just with his stupid little face, his stupid little grin. His stupid little guitar, his stupid little goatee. Like, that dude will survive anything. Listen, I am not sitting at a table with Jeff Jarrett and doing business because he's going to win. He'll beat you. And it's not going to be like tomorrow. It's not going to be in a week. It's not going to be in five. But in like six years, you're going to be like, God damn it. (laughs) Jarrett got the better of me. Think think about this. This is a man who held up Vince McMahon for six figures and got it. Like Like, how many people have done that? You got the, Warrior, list, the list is short and, and Jarrett like are the guys that noted guys that just said, Nope, <laughs> Vince, here I am. Fuck you. I have all the leverage. Here's what you're going to do for me. And he got the money and he funded impact or funded TNA by doing that. That's he what got funded- the money out of it. <laughs> Six figure payoff. And then him and his dad decide, Hey, you know what the good thing is? You know what the model, the business model for wrestling is going to be. We're going to do weekly pay-per-views. That's yeah. <laughs> weekly $10 pay-per-views. This is going to work out. It was a fucking miserable failure. And then who comes out of nowhere? Dixie Carter and her dad's money and yep. energy. And he survives for another you know, 10 years. Yeah. He gets booted from the company because he steals someone's wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dixie's out. Everyone's out. And who fucking emerges at the end of the tunnel? The good old double J. Yeah, he's selling gold. He's got the wife. <laughs> he's got the company back. Yeah, gold now, and now he's apparently selling these assets to Anthem. I would love to. Oh, know. Double J, man, I love this. I'm guy. sure the details will emerge. Maybe this week's uh, dirt sheets will have the information for us. I don't know. <laughs> he got New Japan to work with him. He, yeah, <laughs> to publicize Wrestle Kingdom Nine. God was a noted member of Bullet Club. He got <laughs> Scott Demore into the Bullet Club. I love. Oh God! And Whether you love Doctor J or not, you got to respect the hustle. Man. He worked a major New Japan angle with Hiroshi Tanahashi. <laughs> this man is a is brilliant. Oh, he's like he's 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 like brilliant as like he's like a low level hustler. Brilliant, you know what I mean? Like the the guy on the block who always pulls it off. The guy on your block who's never had a job but lives in the biggest house somehow. You know, like that's Jeff Jarrett. He's just he's the, the guy's a hustler. I kind of respect it, you know. All these guys he may fill out I nines and W fours. They're all working for Impact now, so it's like, you know, he just finds again. Yeah, he wins again. You know, get to the negotiating he table with Doctor J. You're going to lose. Yeah, you're going to lose. You, he's always going to win. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This guy's tenure, and then like he had that too. Like it, it could even be in his wrestling career because he would like bounce in WWF, just quit out of nowhere, get hired by yeah. WCW immediately, bounce from WCW, be hired by WWF immediately. Yeah. Like the dude just it was like a never ending cycle of just. Never mattered. Didn't really get thirty years later. <laughs> didn't really get along get along with Lawler very well, but always you know managed to sneak his way back in the. Ma- it didn't matter. The guy, <laughs> <laughs> he always wins. 
You know, it's like, you know, you got to respect it on some level. These ballpark shows drew nothing, but they were all paid shows. <laughs> Somebody paid him to run a show. Which never many happens of, anymore. Many of them. Right. And like only happens in like India or like other countries, like Qatar. Like, you know what I mean? Like most American countries and cities and places understand I'm not buying a paid wrestling show. That's a terrible. Richie ran multiple Grand that. Slam tours with Global Force. I mean, <laughs> they were I running mean. these. They were running these ballpark shows like across the country. He came like not far from me. I actually considered it at one point. Like he across was in the St. Louis area or whatever. Like he was bouncing everywhere. It wasn't like he just had one ballpark. You know, stupid enough to to pay for him. He was going across the country with paid ballpark shows. And then he was running in conjunction with these indie groups, whether it was WrestlePro or, you know, uh, the, the promotion in Canada. I forget the name oh, of it. Oh, there's a giant list. Like WXW in Germany he did stuff with. There was multiple Preston City Championship, uh, Preston City Wrestling. Yeah, PCW. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what he would do is he would attach Global Force to these indie shows. And then he would run his seminar gimmick and before the shows, charge all these dopes like 200 bucks a head. And Jarrett wins again. You know, it's like Jarrett always wins. It's the guy's amazing. So, I, you know, it, he went from the when the ballparks ran dry, you know, then he ran the seminar shows and started making money on the seminars. So um, just to, I tell you, just what a, one of the great one of the last great like con men hustlers in the wrestling business is Jeff Jarrett. You know, he learned it old school and he's keeping the tradition alive today. Because you have plenty and of con men like con men are not unique, but like successful no. con men. That's yeah. the unique part. It's not like the, the dude that runs a show, steals the money, and drives away. Like That goes on every single weekend or whatever. But this dude is just a con man who, who succeeds. Yeah, and he's not working million-dollar hustles. He's working you know, $8,000 hustles at a time. Which it, <laughs> That's what know. I mean. It's like he turns 5 bucks into 10, 10 into 15, yes. 15 into 20. Like, and, and over the course of seven years, he's got you know, a million dollars. You're like, what the hell? How'd you and 20 that? into gold. You know? Right. Literally. I, I can't believe um, he had the gall. To attempt global force gold, I mean, he the That's man a pyramid scheme. He <laughs> came out with a pyramid a gold buying pyramid scheme with the shit eating grin on his face. Like, and remember the promo for that? You like know? he knew. Yeah, he's like, this is so stupid. Like, he this is, he's like, he knows only the biggest rubes possible are falling for this, but he went all the way with it, and he yeah. he he legitimately started a pyramid scheme. You can't. It's that's 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 Jeff Jarrett, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, real quickly, like- let's, let's go over the Global Force roster. This is all the assets then that Impact is going to absorb. Uh, this roster, obviously, continually updated. This database is always being updated and refreshed uh, at, at any moment's notice. This is right now globalforcewrestling.com slash roster here and get there quick because Scott only knows if you know now absorbed by impact this might go away uh so we'll go over the roster here you got nick aldis of course they're they're champion he still is the big champion right or is he the champion i don't know uh cody rhodes cody r right christina von erie sanjay dutt the akbars Andrew still, Everett. Still don't know who the Akbar is. Yeah, nobody does. They stopped wrestling after one of, one of the many, like, we don't wrestle anymore after these tapings. Uh, Andrew Everett. The mm-hmm. Bullet Babe, Amber Gallows. Right. That's going to be tough. Uh, Chael Sonnen. You could probably book her, honestly. <laughs> Chael Sonnen, yeah. Remember you put that big angle? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chael Sonnen's on this roster. Chris Sabin on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris the Adonis. Uh, I forgot how to pronounce his last name, but the former Chris Masters. Mordetsky. Yeah, Mordet- okay, Mordetsky. Uh, Chuck Taylor. Best friends. That's a huge asset here. Cliff Compton coming hey, along, coming along in the big purchase here. You can't make fun of him anymore. Doesn't he have like a bad heart or something? Oh, does he? Oh, I feel bad then. Okay, well, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, he stunk, 
We could say that, but you can't make fun of him anymore. No, I don't want him to die. I mean, obviously, I'm like, no, I wish him health. Not. I mean, yeah, of course, I wish him health. Yeah. He just, seems know. like a decent dude. He's funny on those, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Doc Gallows gimmicks, right? Yeah, I'm just good if he ever gets in the ring again. It's pretty. Yeah, good. I don't uh, watch a guy wrestle. Doesn't no. you know? I mean, uh, Chris Rock is funny. I don't want to watch him wrestle. It's the yeah, same thing, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I, feel like, I feel like I like Chris Rock's comedy more than I like Cliff Compton's. But do I, you want to watch that. like? Do you want to watch Louis C.K. wrestle? I don't. But he's no, funny. No. You know, like, so Cliff okay. Compton, you know, I just don't want to watch him wrestle. I like the luminaries of the you know to Richard Pryor in there. <laughs> the luminaries of comedy. Well, I mean, you know, and Cliff dead, Compton. But, yes, yeah. You know. you know, but yeah. Do you want to see uh, Bill Cosby wrestle? Like. Pretending mm. he's blind after molesting seventy-eight women or whatever it was. Oh my god! He, him coming out of the courtroom and doing that fat Albert. It's just like the most. I gotta tell you. you know, <laughs> like, are you not aware of what's going on or no? Do you remember back in the day when Bill Cosby and Joe Paterno were like well-respected pillars yeah. of America? Do you remember mm-hmm. that? Uh, the two most American men in the world. <laughs> the two most clean, squeaky clean. That goes to show. It's like. Yeah. Everyone's. We always say that there's a there's a, there's a, a, a yes. long fall from the high horse. Everyone's right. got everyone's got something. So everyone, and the cleaner you present yourself, the more likely you are to have some things in your closet. You know, so it's let's the go, truth. Let's finish up this roster here. Colt Cabana coming over in the big sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. First man announced. Yep. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. No shit. <laughs> He's on the roster. I don't know. I don't remember him. Uh, uh, the Hot Shots. Okay. Uh, whatever. What was it? Yamin? Is it Yamin? I don't even know how to say Yamin. It's, ja- it's not Jamin. It's not Jamin, I'm sure. But uh, Let's call him Jamin. Jamin Olivencia. Yeah, there it is. Jamin Olivencia. Uh, remember Jeff he was the guy? Remember, remember those videos where the where the roster would flash through real fast? Yeah. People, oh, that was the guy no one could figure out. I thought it was Brian Cage because he looks like Brian Cage. Yeah. Is that is that what the thing was? Everybody thought he was Brian Cage? I, some people did, okay. yeah. No one knew, could figure out who the fuck it was, though. <laughs> uh, Jeff Jarrett, of course. That, that goes without saying. Uh, Jigsaw, Jim Cornette, Jimmy Rave, mm. Karen Jarrett, Kevin Cross, Congo Kong, Lance Hoyt, our good friend Lance Hoyt coming over in the sale. So little does he know. Yeah. He has to report to <laughs> Orlando, Florida at a moment's notice because he's uh, obviously coming over in the sale. Uh, Kushida. So uh, I want to reroute that plane. From uh, to Long Beach. Well, I want to let him know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These guys are uh, Lady Tapa, who I believe just got hired by WWE, but that's um, you know, took long enough. Why yeah. does no one? Why is no one interested in her? I mean, I, I never understood it. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's uh, like, well, oh, go ahead, sorry. Uh, way more upside than Tamina. I mean, you can haven't we seen enough her. of Tamina? I mean, uh, I think, yeah, yeah. We've we've certainly after this past week, I think we've we've all seen enough of Tamina. I mean, that was gla- if that's not the most glaring like. Jesus, you're really bad. Like, it's not like it, it probably not for lack of effort. I don't know. Maybe she tries, but like some people just don't have it. You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't, you don't have the natural ability. She is just, I mean, she's 10 years into this company or whatever. We talked about yeah. it last week and like still can't do a splash. Like, that's like, if you're Tamita Snuka, one move you should be able to do at any given moment at a moment's notice is a splash off the top rope, right? Correct. Couldn't do it. Felt like she was somebody. I, I forgot who it was that tweeted. She, she. It was like an eight-year-old that was like wrestling on like their friend's mattress or whatever. It's not even bloodlines because Lady Tapa is the niece of the Barbarian, of course. Right. And the Barbarian never murdered a girlfriend or anything like that. So it's like you have the advantage of you still have the bloodline, but he's not a murderer. So why not hire her? Los Luchas. One of these guys has a goatee, and I don't think he's a, he's a, lucha, a Mexican man, but that's Los Luchas. Luke Hawks. 
Uh, the new heavenly bodies. Yeah, Luke Hawk's coming over. In the, yeah. Well. Uh, Reno Scum. Wildcat promotions in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or maybe not New Orleans, but Louisiana for sure. Who else? Uh, Reno Scum. Santana uh-huh. Garrett. Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner. Mm-hmm. Saya Sonata. So you better uh, better grow that hair out and, and and get them get rid of that. Doom. Well, does he have to grow his hair out or just get rid of the mohawk? Because he's kind of shaved it on the sides though, so I don't know what he's gonna be able to do. This was uh, this was Bama Bangs say a Sonata. Yeah, exactly. So he's gonna have to get that back somehow. The um, Bama Bangs are a bad look for anyone, and it was a bad look for him. Yes, the so, mohawk, the ten foot mohawk is a much better look. For I think him. the ten foot mohawk is legitimately a better look for him, and not oh, just God, from yes. a wrestling yeah. standpoint. I would rather from walk a look around. Standpoint, yeah, well, he can go to the clubs and definitely do yes. a lot better. As, I'd as, rather walk around in life with his haircut now than the stupid Bama bangs he was rocking with the hair on the forehead. It's a terrible haircut for any man. Shelton X Benjamin also coming on board. Once that shoulder heals. Yeah, <laughs> he's ready to go. Uh, Takiyaki Watanabe. I don't know what, I have no idea what's been going on with that guy ever hmm. since he, what happened to him? Uh, looks like a nefarious individual in this uh, profile picture of his. So yeah, it sounds like a real bad man. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with him, but he'll have to report to Orlando at any moment. Uh, Trent Beretta. Also uh, coming over to Orlando, uh, Trevor Lee and Virgil Flynn. So that is your stacked uh, now merged Global Force Impact Wrestling roster. So I'm, well, I'm really looking forward to Watanabe, Beretta, and Sonata. I feel like they're going to do huge things. I think Virgil Flynn and, and Alavencia and, uh, and the Akbars would show up if you called them. I think they're probably waiting by the phone, as a matter of fact. That Alavencia fella hasn't wrestled the match since the, uh, since uh, Global Force ran. So What's Virgil Flynn doing? I, I'm kind of curious on this old Virgil Flynn fella. I, I know nothing of Virgil Flynn. So let's uh, – oh, boy, does he not have a – I don't think he has a – he doesn't have a cage match. Okay. Well. We'll just, I'll just skip him then. I don't know anything about Virgil Flynn. But uh, yeah, all joking aside. So there you go. You got uh, Impact Wrestling Anthem. Uh, do you want to, since we're talking about TNA, do you want to talk about Slammiversary? Might Start as well. Start show in the worst possible way. So we talk about dog deaths and Global Force Wrestling and Slammiversary. Well, hey, listen, they've done a nice job promoting Slammiversary. I don't they've know how many people are going to order it. But, well, they've done uh, a really good job. I, uh, earlier this week, uh, Gary Kidney tweeted out, and, and I retweeted and talked about it as well. Impact had a really awesome 30-minute kind of catch-up of what's going on on Impact, um, or what's going on you know, with, with Slammiversary, what's been going on on Impact video, which was fantastic. Like It gave you all the storylines. It gave you everything. And, and really, and just watching that video, and I know you watch the TV, so you can talk a little bit more about this. A lot of the stories were pretty cool. Like I was on board with a lot of them, and I'm pretty invested in a lot of the stories. So I think like people are maybe expecting us to you know, Barry Slammiversary and, and laugh at TNA, but I'm like legitimately looking forward to this show. It looks pretty solid. No, I will try to make time to watch it. I, um, I caught up on the TV, um, you know, skipped a lot of stuff cause of time, but I, I, I did a crash course on it. And, um, I, I do think it's, it's, it's not a bad card and, and the build for a lot of the matches has been pretty good, honestly. And I do think that video you're talking about, which maybe we should tweet out, um, is it does a great job setting up a lot of these matches. So um, it's really not that bad of a card when you look at it. No, it's really not. And like, Uh, like I kind of was laughing about it a little bit, but then going through, it's like, all right. Like, and it's not like enormously bloated. Like sometimes TNA pay-per-view is like, like, all right, we got to get three hours. Like you can tell that it's just like filling spots and, and doing that sort of stuff. I mean, everything on this card is like, all right, like this has been a properly built match and it's most 
for the most part, between either good wrestlers or a story. Like, I, like every single match here is either decent wrestlers, you know, wrestling each other, or it's been a very fun, well-built story to get to there. Right. So, yeah, I mean, like, credit to them. I mean, there's no Malabala Shira. There's no, there's no wasted space on this entire card. Every single match is like, all right, cool. Like, I get why they, I get why these guys are on a pay-per-view, and I get why it's been built to this point. So, all the credit, you know, all joking aside, to Jared and, and, and to Impact, because this is one of the better built impact pay-per-views I can ever remember us previewing in, in a long time. I mean, the match yeah. is well built. And here's the thing. There's a lot of shitty programs on impact TV right now. You have, um, the, the spud hornswoggle thing. Which, oh yeah. I, I have unfortunately watched a little bit of that and that's, yeah. I mean, it's horrendous, but again, they're not doing anything with no, that. on the anniversary show. You have the awful Kevin Matthews. Yes. The KM Shira feud, which again, not being featured on this show either. So there's some shit on impact every week. That's really bad, but it's not like they're giving that time. And one of the big problems with these bigger, I don't know if you, I guess pay-per-views, right. I mean, uh, for, for TNA over the last couple of years is they were just loaded with so much shit, right? They'd have 19 Um, matches and the half of them were garbage. And it's like, you don't need to have all these matches. It's just like, but you, when you look at this card and I, and I think a lot of people listening to us right now probably aren't privy to this card. We don't talk about impact a lot. I think we talk about it more than most podcasts actually, but we still don't talk about it a lot. And I know that a lot of our listeners don't pay attention to it at all, but, um, this I think people are going to be surprised that this is not a bad little card here, and and they're pushing it as a you know the full 15th anniversary thing. They're pushing it as a super big deal. Here's the other thing: the ratings are up since Jarrett and Anthem took over. They're not up tremendously, but they're up from the uh, from the Dixie slash uh, uh, Dixie era or, or whatnot since uh, Anthem and Jarrett took over. So they're 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 progressing and slowly making uh, um, some inroads there in terms of gaining some of their viewers back. Rich, you know, I did some research earlier in the week, and then I cross-referenced it with Garrett because, of course, you know, if you're going to do any kind of TNA research, you've got to run it by Garrett to make sure that what you're finding is correct. Um, I'm going to ask you, and I didn't make you aware of this intentionally because I wanted to bring it up on the show. Yeah, okay. Um, I, I, I identified the all-time low point in Impact Wrestling viewership uh, since they moved to Spike, now we don't have numbers for the Fox Sportsnet era. So this is just, what was it, 2005 when they debuted on Spike or somewhere? Uh, I think somewhere time. around there, yeah, 2005, 2006, yeah. Okay. So we're talking, what, 12 years worth of data or whatnot from whether it's Spike, Destination America, Pop TV. Uh, when would you say that TNA slash Impact was at their absolute lowest point in total number of eyeballs paying attention to the product and watching the show on a week-to-week basis? Because I have the answer. Okay. My initial thought would be, and I don't have the exact month. I can kind of give a, a region, but like November, December of last year, 2016. Okay. So you're close. That's obviously, like the late Billy Corgan era, I think, if I remember correctly. It, he was still hanging around at that point. It's obviously pop era because pop has the – Right, know, yeah. As they've moved from uh, network to network – um, they've they've lost significant amount of uh, of uh, of viewers each time. It was actually I'll give it to you, and it's not a small sample size of one week or two weeks. I'll give you a full the full quarter where they did their least amount of viewers was the first quarter of 2017, right before Jeff Jarrett and Anthem took over. Oh, okay, okay. And it was also a quarter where obviously the company was built around who? Oh man, what was that at that time? The Broken Hardies. 
Oh, okay. So we're nice. coming full circle yeah, here on this show. Yeah. Well, we, we've okay. talked about it many times on the show. Okay, yeah, that, that's, that's funny. Okay. The absolute low point, the lowest quarter in TNA, a quarter now, not a month, not a week, not one show, the lowest quarter in TNA history in terms of viewers when they averaged 292,000 viewers per week was the first quarter of 2017 when the company was basically built around the Broken Hardys. So can we finally put that to bed and take the W that they meant almost nothing to that company and they've done nothing but improve uh, since they lost. I mean, I, I mean, there was just no point in paying those guys to stick around. It was, and, and don't forget, Rich, they were selling their own merchandise. Mm-hmm. TNA wasn't making a penny off of the broken universe. Nothing. The, it was the lowest viewership in the history of the company. And the Hardys were selling their own fucking merch. Right. But in a little bubble of, of our wrestling universe, everybody was tweeting about it. So, okay, it must be big. But, yeah, you were obviously turning off a ton of the casual viewers that were saying, no, I don't, I don't want this shit. I want wrestling. Like Nobody this. fucking cared about the Broken Hardys. And the data supports that. Now, here's the thing. What that also tells us is sometimes buzz can be very deceiving. Mm-hmm. Because it felt like that had a ton of buzz, right? Oh, in our circle, I mean, it was nuts. People were tweeting about Impact that had never tweeted about it before. There was gifts everywhere and videos, and everybody had their cute little renamed Twitter username. And I, I mean, it was nuts. Yeah, it was absolutely crazy for that that those few months. Yeah, I mean, and they, you know, it's it's it just goes to show that sometimes buzz doesn't correlate with reality either. Um, you know, because for all of the supposed quote unquote buzz that they were getting, no one was fucking watching. I mean, the average viewership dipped below three hundred thousand viewers a week. So um, I just thought that that was interesting. And that's they are brilliant. On, yeah. That's- yeah and, and they're on a little bit of an upswing now. And also, and this is just for an extra bonus, and this really doesn't mean much, but I do think it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Uh, the lowest rated impact ever post FSN was 165,000 viewers uh, for the Thanksgiving show last year. And that show was entirely built around the Hardys. So, they were featured during the lowest, uh, the worst quarter in Impact history, and the lowest rated Impact ever was built around them. Now, look, it was Thanksgiving. Okay, it may not have mattered. But, but to do that, show. but, 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 and, and Dave always brings this up too, and people are like, yeah, it's summer. Oh, it's the, anytime anybody brings excuses up about ratings, he goes, well, yeah, it's, it's not the first time that summer's been around. Like, you know, every, he says, well, the, the, if this was the first year that summer was a, a season, then yes, I would believe that or whatever. Like, so again, like they've, they've been on Thanksgiving before. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that's right. not, never on pop, to be fair. No, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, it's so that there's a very realistic possibility that that, that was it. But, you know, but the point here is you can't even spin that they were beneficial to the company in any way because the no. buzz the buzz produced zero dollars, zero revenue for the company. And Jarrett was smart to go. <laughs> Again, we talked about look, yeah. get to that negotiating table and he goes, no. And, and by the way, I own your property because you did it on my network and, or you right. did it on, in, in Impact and you did all this character stuff here. And I have no, I, I'm not privy to the, the details of that lawsuit or whatever the hell is going on there, but... I, you know, you know, Jared's if one man is going to win that suit or, or not going to, you know, lay down and then let the Hardys step all over him, it's going to be Jeff Jarrett. And he did that. And it was, it was a huge risk at the time. And he got destroyed for it. And, and, and to our credit, we were on here saying, you know what? I don't blame him. <laughs> you know, go ahead. Yeah. Is it that big of a deal? It's and we weren't necessarily saying that they aren't, you know, in our mind, just the investment is like, all right, well, we suck now with you. Like, what could really I mean, if we let you go, are we really going to sink or tank or whatever? And it's been the opposite. They're doing better. So there you go. Listen, 
when Jeff Jarrett makes a business decision, you have to <laughs> never wrong, wrong. right? <laughs> I mean, it, you know, and, and they just weren't worth the investment. And I think we could put that to bed now. Um, you know, I think that the buzz it was 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 not indicative of reality. And now we have legitimate data to support it. Um, so so there you go. And and again, Anthem. Um, the viewers are slowly look. They're not blowing the 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 pre Anthem numbers away, but they 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 have risen since Anthem took over and since Jarrett and. Dutch Mantel and all those guys have taken over the creative and whatnot. And this is a very well-built show. So I guess we should uh, go over this show and um, talk about it a little bit. Right. So yeah, let's do it. So uh, this cards, is, uh, what is it about uh, a week away or no, no, this Sunday. is this weekend. Sunday, correct? Yeah. We're running up against uh, one of the G1 specials, one of the new Japan G1 specials, the Sunday show, the night two. So I'll talk about it here. Of course, it's available on pay-per-view. It's on fight TV as well. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of other places to watch it too, but yeah, standard pay-per-view. If you want to just watch it through your TV fight TV, if you want to watch it digitally, uh, but I'm sure there's some other uh, options as well. So you got a fatal four way uh, for the impact world tag team championships. You have Latin American, uh, Latin American exchange. That's Ortiz and Santana uh, versus Drago, El Hio, Dan Tasma and uh, TBA, TBA. What's so, Drago's partner's name again, Rich? El, El Hio del Fantasma. Yeah, that of course is uh, uh, King Cuerno from uh, Lucha right, yes. Underground. He's oh, excellent. you're unmasking somebody. Damn it. No, that guy's awesome. Um, yes. And he speaks English fluently. And um, I don't know, I haven't followed Lucha Underground politics in a long time because they just, like Chikara, they don't even exi- exist to Man, us. You want to talk about a buzz? You want to talk about, I mean, um, we, we talk about buzz being unfair or, or, or not true? Uh, whatever it is, in our bubble. Nobody talks about it. Nobody fucking cares. Lucha, no it was on. It. it was on when we were starting the show, and I'm going through my Twitter feed, and there was like one person that was talking I, about it. <laughs> I know that that was one of the guys who wanted out very badly, and I think that he would be a great asset to um to a number of different... I mean, I, I think that guy's a great worker. I think he's got a good look. He's got some size. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, I love, I love his size. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, that's a guy... Um, who I think is, is excellent. Uh, he was he might have been my favorite guy on the show uh, when I was watching it. Um, but yeah, so you know, there's a couple mystery teams involved. I kind of wish it was just LAX versus that team. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I'm into that. But I, I've heard uh, if some of the rumors are right of who those TBAs are going to be, it should be pretty fun. What well. are these but, rumors? Rich? Uh, I've heard a few things, and and that's the problem is I don't know which ones are are, are accurate or not. But um, let me. Well, let's uh, will we be line. in the match? Will VOW be in the match? Uh, I don't think so, but you never know. Yeah, the VO, we got to we got to talk to them about that. I don't. Uh... That's copyright infringement. Yeah, I think. That, sure. uh, I don't want to get. Exactly. Uh, I don't want to get to the, Jack Stain, right? Yeah, but I want to get on the negotiating table with. Uh, we'll lose to Jarrett. He'll. <laughs> that's what I mean. I'm kind of scared. You know, if, really if we challenge that, he'll find a way where we can't use the name anymore. Right? Yeah. He's like, well, actually, we're like, oh man. Like, and then we'll, and he'll be right, you know. And then, 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 like Karen Jarrett, we're gonna be like, fuck that owl, you know. But right, yeah. you know, it it because we're gonna lose. Mean Rebby, Harvey. Oh yeah, Rebby Hardy. Yeah. You know, and she can say fuck that owl all she wants. All that listen, her rants are very entertaining. I'm not gonna tell you they're not. She's funny. The problem is she really needs to cut that shit out because all that does is continue to prove that they wanted to stay there. Because why are they so bitter about why are they, you know what I mean? Why are they still so bitter about it? They had a sweetheart deal and they wanted to keep it. And uh and they're annoyed. Uh, she probably didn't want her husband on the road with WWE, you know, whatever it is. What is it now? Everyone says 300 days a year. We know that's not true. What is it, like 200 days a year or something? Yeah, probably somewhere around there. But yeah, I mean, that's obviously not what they wanted to do. I they mean, wanted that, that sweetheart sweet deal. deal. Yeah, yeah exactly. they, want that, they want to sell their own fucking t-shirts and continue <laughs> to make a killing. And, you know, around their house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? like, exactly. You have total creative control. And that's why they're salty about it. I mean, can we just be honest? 
you know, so that's why there's, she says, fuck that out. But I mean, look, they're going to make a ton of money in WWE. They're going to do great. And they're probably going to eventually secure the rights to the gimmick and they'll bring the broken hearted universe there. Look, it's like we said before, Rich, everyone's going to win in the end. Everyone will win. The Hardys will win and Impact will win because they don't have this enormous anchor uh, weighing them down where they have to pay these people to provide nothing to their program. So everyone's going to win in the end. But anyway, um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess uh, I don't know if VOW will be a TBA. Isn't one of those dudes hurt though? I thought one of them. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely positive. Yeah, I thought I had somebody that was telling us some uh, potential ones, but I, I, I can't seem to find it. So I'm not even going to bring it up. Garrett so. knows. Yeah, that's that's who I was like. I was looking through every past conversation I've had with Garrett, but I can't find a, uh, if he mentioned it. So LAX is over, though. They've gotten over immediately. Um, uh, people were excited to see them come back. So uh, that was a good decision to bring that gimmick back. Yeah, I've always I've always enjoyed that. And Conan's great as the hype man, too. So, yeah, that, that was, I thought, one of the better things that they've decided to do in this new era is bring back LAX. I always thought back in the day, LAX was just the shit, man. You know what I mean? With Homicide and, 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 and Hernandez, you know, in there a little bit. I, I always loved that. I thought it was really good stable. So. Um, I'm, I'm glad they always over any incarnation, yeah. even with Machete mm-hmm. or whoever, they were always over. Remember Machete? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. So, but yeah, the group was always over. It, you know, yeah, it didn't matter. matter so um, it was a nice surprise on the first tapings. So a uh, match, uh, probably my most anticipated match of the entire night. Two out of three falls for the Impact X Division Championship. Sanjay Dutt, the champion, defending against Loki. And if you have not read it yet, I do suggest you check out Garrett's piece during our TNA week about Sanjay Dutt's. Uh, journey to the Impact uh, X Division title because it was not an easy one. He lost, you know, I, I forgot the exact number, but just he had tons of opportunities. I mean, Sanjay Dutt was there since day one, since, you know, the, you know, the first night of Impact or TNA or whatever, and th- the title had just eluded him. He had been, he'd gotten chance after chance after chance after chance. He just never was able to get it. He finally gets it in India. Huge moment here. Uh, and now he's got to face Loki in a two out of three falls. And this has been built up well. These guys busting each other open, uh, you know, hard way, you know, the real uh, decent kind of i i don't want to call it a blood feud but i guess it's been literally a blood feud in a lot of oh ways. it's a blood feud at this point it's it's look this has been very well built this is incredible yeah. this is my favorite match the, I, i've now officially I'm, I'm going through the card this is my favorite match of the i'm with you i can't yeah. wait for this match because at the, the, first of all it's going to be a great match and and it has been built very well like you said the story of sanjay dutt coming back to the company and remember he had other options he had other options. He could have, he had a deal on the table to coach at the performance center. He could have, you know, uh, had the full-time job with WWE with, but he chose to come back to TNA. Um, and the story of him winning his first X division title, which shocked me. I looked it up cause I didn't believe it was true because you would have thought he would have won it at some point. Right. But yeah, it was, that's, it was, that, was, that was kind of the point of Garrett's pieces. Like, yeah, you would think, because everybody's won this fucking title. And he lists like all these random ass people that won this title. He's like, no, <laughs> Sanjay has never won it. And Sanjay Dutt's a guy who everybody in wrestling likes. He's a likable guy. Uh, he's a good guy. He's a good wrestler. Uh, he's not a guy who ever, when has he ever stunk it out of the building? I mean, he's a good wrestler. No, never, you, know, yeah. you see him on indie shows. You see him in, uh, he, when he did Ring of Honor shots back in the day. He's been around forever now, too. You're talking about a guy probably at least a 12 to 15 year pro minimum, right? I mean, he's been around forever. Uh, whether, it, you know, TNA, I think where he's probably, you know, uh, best known and had the most exposure. He's just a, a solid guy to have around. Um, he was front office for Global Force. Um, I think, you know, that cat's been let out of the bag a long time ago. He was doing a lot of the booking for Global Force. Um, so, you know, he's tight with Jarrett. And uh, this has been a good story, though, with Loki, you know, and Loki, uh, they brought him back. He's working the, the Hitman gimmick still, the one that got him fired from uh, New Japan. Um, you know, and, and, and Dutt won the title on Impact last week. Um, or two weeks ago, however, I guess by the time people listen to this, it's the impact from two weeks ago. Right, right, because the other one won't be airing, yeah. 
Right. And then the following week from India, you know, they did the celebration uh, for his title win, which I guess to some may have come off as kind of a cheap copy of the um, of the uh, stuff WWE is doing with Jinder Mahal. But, you know, I was watching it and it'd be it'd be lazy to say that. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, This is such a different situation because he's being presented to these Indian people as a baby face and a true hero, whereas Jinder's being presented as a heel to the Americans. You know what I mean? It's like and this Sanjay thing just feels cleaner and it feels like more of a it's more of a feel good story because he wins the title and he goes back to India and, you know, he's palling, palling around with Mahabali Shira and he's given this fiery promo in front of the Indian fans and they're all, and, and he's, and, and I'll tell you, these Indian crowds have been great, Rich. I mean, they've been hot crowds. They're into everything. Um, you know, I, I, you know, obviously they've got TV over there and, and these fans know what's going on. They're into Sanjay Dutt. They're into Mahabali Shira. And they did the gimmick where Loki came out and laid out the challenge as a baby face Dud accepted, told him, make, let's do it two out of three falls at Slammiversary. They do the handshake gimmick, and then Loki turns heel and just destroys everybody. And right. it was very well done. I mean, it's a basic angle that you've seen a million times. But, but basic uh, works. Basic, that's all we ask for. Right? Basic works. Yeah. And, it, and it worked, exactly. It, it got over. They did it in front of the right kind of fans. Uh, they did it after the right kind of promo that Dud gave. And this has been a well-built grudge match now and you're right it is kind of a grudge slash blood feud yeah both men have been busted open hard way uh real yeah brutal looking ones as well i mean just absolutely Dutt, yeah you're right i forgot about that Dutt, Dutt Dutt couldn't Dutt. see out of his eye and then loki had a big gash on his cheek like it looks awesome like the the visual of these two men just the battle scar is incredible and loki's another guy when does he ever have a bad match never never so, i saw that dude i saw that dude in a, he was doing an indie show obviously AEW show i think his knee popped out or something like that he spent like five minutes on the ring apron, like trying to shake his knee out. He, he taped something around his knee. Like he got someone's like handkerchief and like tied it around his kneecap or whatever. We're like, Oh no, he's real bad. And then like, yeah, then just fucking killed it the last 10 minutes of the match. Like, I don't know if he was selling. Like I, I, I think he legitimately did hurt himself and just was like, well, I, if five minutes, let me just work this out and I'll be right back here. I mean, yeah, th- he could have easily just went on the side or, or, or chicken out. or kind of said, Hey, you know, you guys do the rest of the thing. I can't go, but no, he said, fuck it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm low key. I always deliver. Yeah, I, when's the last bad Loki match you've ever seen? Like, well, when when is honestly an ever a, a real truly I, bad Loki match? I can't I can't go back to 2003 and think of any. I mean, I've don't I've know seen if I've seen a hundred times. Yeah, match. really don't. Can't think one off the top of my head. Maybe something silly on the old version of NXT, possibly. Yeah, about the old, uh, what was he? Oh, what the hell was it? Caval? Yeah, I was going to say the old Caval days. Yeah. yeah, maybe if he wrestled someone on that, and it was like a three minute match or something. But a legitimate Loki match, I don't think he's ever had a bad match, and I've seen. So at these two guys, they're going to go best two out of three falls, well-built, um, uh, two good wrestlers, and a great story. This is one of those stories where it's very easy just to root for the baby face, right? I mean, you want Dutt to win this match, and you know, you're know you going to watch this match, you're going to suspend this belief, and you're going to root for him, and you're going to pull for him to win this thing and it's, it, because of the feel-good story and the fact he got attacked in India by this guy. I don't know, man. This is a well-built match. I'm looking forward to it. I'm fired well, simple. up for this. Like you said, it's simple. I mean, this is a guy like Sanjay Dutt is a, a legit baby, a guy that you can root for. And you, you can root yeah. for him because he's a human being. It's like, hey, I'm Sanjay Dutt. I've never won this exhibition title. I've been here forever. I'd love to win this. Oh, I can. I have the opportunity to win it in my home country. That's kind of cool. Like, that's it. Like, that's all they needed to really do here. And that's all they did. So it's, I it's, would suggest, I would tell people to go back and watch the promo he gave this week. On, yes. Uh, yeah. it, it was an excellent promo. And, um, you know, you kind of wish WWE was going this direction with their Indian ass. 
angle instead of doing it as a heel, you know, because I've, this, I've said that from the beginning, like everybody always goes, yeah, I know oh, you did. for yeah, India, yeah. India, India. And I'm like, well, he's an asshole and he cheats all the time. Like, I don't, if I was an Indian, right. I wouldn't really go, oh, the, look at this great, great, you know, representative of us. He's an asshole who cheats and needs help every time. Like, I don't know that he really yeah. represents India all that well. And if I was an Indian, I don't know if I'd particularly, I'd be waiting on the Sanjay that story. This is a guy who, you know, rose above to, you know, whatever. I don't uh, know yeah. if the money allows it or whatnot either, or what their situation is with with India now that Anthem is in play and Jarrett's in play. They should tape there more often. I mean, you don't want to burn it out and do it all the time, you know what I mean? But they should tape there more often because from what I've seen, these tapings have been hot. Um, so and 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 uh, everything has come off very well, particularly that angle. Yeah. I'll move on. Full Metal Mayhem match. It's Eddie Edwards and his wife Alicia Edwards versus Davey Richards and Angelina Love. Again. This has been a slow burn feud that has come together very nicely with the split of the American Wolves. Very uh, well put together feud. Very well put together storyline. Um, and and they've only had, to my knowledge, and I haven't looked it up, and, but I think they've only had one match. I think they had a last man standing match on Impact about two months ago. I think that's um, correct. Yeah, let me try to look it up just to confirm that. But I'm almost yeah. positive they've only fight, faced each other once so far. Right. So, and Angelina Love has done a great job uh, in this storyline, uh, getting herself over as a heel, getting Davey. Because look, if there's one thing Davey Richards needs help with, it's with the promos. Okay, let's be honest. And uh, so she's carried some of that load. Uh, same thing with Edwards. He's not a great promo. So the wives have contributed here. Um, I don't know how this match is going to come across. I think the dudes will work hard. You know, it's, it's, I don't know much about Alicia Edwards as a, as a worker. Uh, we know Angelina Love is okay. Uh, but the Full Metal Mayhem, you know, it's their version of the TLC with the mixed dynamic. I don't know how this is going to come across, um, but uh, the the storyline in any case has been has been very well done. So the last thing I'd want to see though is for them to come back together. They have gotten over the idea very well that these men hate each other now, so that's good. In fact, there was a five way match to determine the number one contender for. Uh, for Dutt this past week on Impact, they were both in the match. And the little subtle things that they, it was an elimination match, and the little subtle things that they did to build their own match within that match yeah. uh, were very smart. And they've always been great workers. I mean, that, that, that goes without saying, too. Listen, you know, you'll take a pounding for saying that, but I'm right with you. I've always yeah. enjoyed both of these guys. I think even during peak hate for Davey Richards, I always enjoyed him. Uh, maybe he was a little excessive at times. You know, I don't mind that. Uh, I think they were a really good tag team together. Um, and I've always enjoyed Eddie Edwards as a worker and he doesn't take nearly the amount of heat. He used to get residual heat from, you know, being associated with Richards, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think I, I, I've always liked both of those guys. I uh, checked it. They had two matches in this feud. Uh, there was a street fight that went to a no contest, and then the last man standing match that you were talking about. And then they right. they fought each other other times, but it's been like you know weird pairings and you know tournaments or something like that. Something that you know obviously wasn't meant to be a feud. It just kind of was a one off match or whatever. So yeah, that that I'm I'm definitely looking forward to. And I think one of the cool parts about this again, we talk about real stories, and and again, this is so refreshing to talk about impact in this way. Is the story is right there for you. David Richards gets hurt, and he comes back and goes, "Hey, look, you know." All these people sent me cards and everybody was so happy. But Eddie, I didn't hear I didn't hear anything from you. And then right. you kind of play into it. Eddie's like, "What are you talking about, man?" And then like Angelina's like, "No, you know, we didn't hear from you. You know, you didn't say anything." And Eddie's just like, "What are you talking about?" The idea that the wife yeah. is stirred a lot. He's too, like, right? ta- yeah, of course. Like, how we've been together for so long, and you're gonna let her break? You know, get between us or whatever. And Davey's like, "Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, you didn't call me. You didn't do that." And like that's the thing that they've done a lot of times in wrestling. The you know, I was hurt. And you didn't call me story or whatever. It's so simple, but again, it's 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 effective because you can buy that. 
you can buy that Eddie Edwards was too busy or whatever, and that Davey would go, hey, dude, like we've been we've been tag teams for so long, and you can't even give me a damn call when I'm hurt. Check in on me. You, you're too busy or what? Like I could buy that, and I bought it in this, and I'm I'm invested in this match. Like yeah, suspend my disbelief again. We talked we were talking about that with a few of these matches, and and here's another another one where we're going to talk about it. I can easily suspend my disbelief and think that these two dudes hate each other. Yeah, the reason why they hate each other in some way, but the wives in a way that that, that you know where WWE makes the wives like. <sighs> they would make them like kind of these stupid, like these guys are stupid pawns or whatever. And that the wives are like the masterminds, but then the wives are just conniving, you know, but it's like Angelina love is, is not being necessarily inherently evil. She's just kind of sticking up for her husband in a way, or, or just being a little bit, you know, I don't know. It's just like the way they're doing it is everybody's playing the role perfectly. Uh, Eddie yeah, Edwards' wife is coming in as like the, I, I think Love has been excellent in her role. Yeah, too. she's. I, I, it's hard to describe. You kind of have to see it. But she's, she's definitely not, hateable. She's definitely hateable. She's hateable, but not in like the the wink of being evil. Like she yeah, doesn't. Right. We talk about it all the time. We're, we're so often heels in wrestling now are like, ah, I'm being evil. She doesn't necessarily think she's doing anything wrong in in the sense. She just is is kind of like doing her own little thing or whatever. Eddie Edwards is like, what you, you know, you're nuts. What are you talking about or whatever? And then, yeah. So, it, again, it, it just all works. It just all works perfectly in the story. And I, I just cannot wait for it. So, right. like you said, I don't know how the women are going to get involved. I, I think they're going to find some decent stuff to do with them. But, yeah, I, um, I think seeing those two get in uh, and do the full Metal Mayhem is going to be definitely pretty fun. So, I'm sure they're going to kind of go off on their own and the, and the men will kind of do their own thing, which is uh, pretty cool. So we'll move on to the next match here. Uh, just a straight tag match. You got Chris Adonis uh, and Eli Drake versus Moose and former NFL, I guess former, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon, former NFL running back D'Angelo Williams, former Panther and uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, correct? Yes. Um, not a match I'm looking forward to. Um, Eli Drake, a better personality than he is a wrestler. Uh, I like Chris Adonis slash Mordetsky slash Masters. Um, I like Moose well enough. Look, they shoehorned a celebrity in here. That's fine. But this isn't exactly Jay Leno or Carl Malone or, you know, uh, someone who's going to draw a ton of interest and a ton of buys. Maybe D'Angelo Williams' mom will, will, will buy this pay-per-view. I would hope that she would. But, uh, you know, this is a guy who was promptly what, – what, I think he was cut from the team – uh, a week, uh, a week after he his segment aired on Impact, or a couple days after, or something like that. So uh, I don't think he's an active member of an NFL roster right now. Is what I'm saying. I think uh, no, he is not. Ready. No, he's he's a free agent. So yeah, he. So you know, um, look, it'll be what it is. You know, uh, maybe he'll surprise people. I know. Uh, you know, Kevin Green ended up being a pretty good pro wrestler, yeah. right? Um, and, uh, and they talked to D'Angelo, and he's, you know, one of those guys. And a lot of guys say it. You know, I've been a wrestling fan forever, and he might be saying it, too. I don't know if he's, he's just kind of, you know, playing it up because he's got nothing else to do in his career, and this is his last outlet. But he seems pretty passionate about it, seems pretty serious about it, and I know he's been uh, pretty active and stuff. So, yeah, like, again, it's not a guy that you're like, oh, man, this is like a transcendent star or whatever. But, you know, if you get a few extra people that do it. But if he's good, then that's, you know, that's kind of cool then. If you could have this guy be, you know, somebody that comes around regularly or whatever. I don't know if that's, you know. In I don't think he's going to help them draw any money. Um you know, it's not my cup of tea. I, you know, it's 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 probably the match I'm least interested on the show. Out of outside of the morbid curiosity of seeing if D'Angelo Williams, who is the kind of NFL look, he was a nice NFL player. He's also the kind of guy where five years from now you're going to go, hey, remember D'Angelo? You know what I mean? He's not a guy who's going to ever resonate with you as uh, you know, big time NFL star. Uh, you know, it's I don't know. I it's it's not for me. And I don't think it'll help them draw any extra buys. So to me, it's just a big waste of time. 
I'll move on to the unification match, the Impact Wrestling Knockouts, and the Global Force Wrestling Women's Championship. You have Rosemary, of course. She's the uh, Impact Wrestling uh, Knockouts Champion. And then you have Sienna uh, representing Global Force with the Women's Championship. Uh, another well-built feud. I mean, not, you know, Rosemary doesn't do a whole lot for me, but Sienna's pretty solid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they've done a pretty good job of making this match something that, you you know, you could look forward to. All right, so I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think there were weeks on Impact where Rosemary was the best wrestler on the show. Um, she's really good. and um, you know, I, I think that this has a chance to be um, sort of a sleeper match if you haven't followed Impact. If you just drop in for this show, if we talk people into buying this show and they haven't watched Impact in a while, this could be a sleeper match because I think I think Rosemary can surprise some people. I th- I, I actually think she's very good, and I think Sienna is capable. Um, and and yeah, another match with a nice simple storyline that I. Uh, and has been well built, and I do think it is the uh, sleeper match of the show. I move on here, a match that I, I feel like I'm not looking forward to, but then the hype video was kind of like, ah, you know what, I, I could get down on this. Uh, a strap match, and I hate every strap match ever. Uh, it features James Storm, who I dislike greatly, and it features Ethan Carter III, who I do like a lot, uh, but the feud's been pretty well built up, and I like this kind of Ethan Carter III with an edge thing, so I, I mean, I don't really, on paper, I shouldn't like this match, but I kind of do. I don't know, where, where do you stand with this? I'm not a James Storm guy and never have been. It's hard for me to ever get excited about anything James Storm ever does. Um, and, and that's with me recognizing that he's really not that bad. But for whatever reason, he just doesn't connect with me. Do you ever have a wrestler where intellectually you know that he's not that bad or he or she, whatever, but they don't connect with you and you just don't want to watch him wrestle? That was Bobby Roode forever. I mean, that's TNA Bobby Roode for me. It was just like, I know he's fine. Like, I guess it's kind of NXT Bobby Roode at the same point, too, where it's like, I get it. He's fine. Doesn't do a thing for me. Just could not, never, ever, ever cared about it. So, yeah. And the, the funny thing is, James Storm will wrestle circles around EC3. EC3 is not a good wrestler. Uh, he's got bad knees. He's not a great, he's never a great worker anyway, but he's a great personality. And, um, you know, that's what he's got going for him. And, but I'd rather watch EC3 do things than James Storm. And it doesn't make sense, especially since I'm a, you know, quote unquote, work great guy. And I like, you know, put a lot of emphasis on great matches and things like that. But James Storm has just never done it for me. The strap match stip has never done it for me. But, uh, you know, this is a match that, that because I have such low expectations going in, it could surprise me. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it, and yeah, I shouldn't. There's nothing. There's no real element in there other than EC3, who I enjoy the personality of EC3. Yeah, the bell to bell is, is not great, but the personality has always done it for me uh, with EC3. But yeah, I, there's no reason I should look forward to this match, but I am, so that's um, another credit to them. And I guess you can kind of say the same about this match, a match that started with one of the worst storylines in TNA, and I don't know that it's gotten a whole hell of a lot better, but I feel like it's, it, it, it's oh, certainly it's improved. Oh, it's better. I mean, it was like turn away, go away. I mean, Garrett... Yeah. I mean, remember, remember Garrett was just like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. <laughs> like, like Garrett- this is a feud that legitimately had Garrett tapping out in the middle of an impact review where he couldn't even finish it. Right. And that's Garrett Kidney who's, who's rewatched impacts. Like he'll, he'll tell me I'm, I'm doing my like weekly rewatch of last week's impact. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Like, I don't want to watch it once. And you watch this episode of impact twice. And like, if you follow his account, it's at Garrett Kidney, of course, on Twitter, like, constantly tweeting like hey i'm watching this like episode of impact from like 2007 and here's a bunch of gifts from it. it's like that dude is a, 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 a watches everything tna one night only <laughs> every one night only he's seen every every he's title match every, every match he's seen literally every match that tna has ever done and right. he tapped out during the middle of a boresh josh matthews thing but feud has gotten much better and now it involves a few other people so you got the tag team match here jeremy boresh with Joseph Park, of course abyss and his uh, sweet lawyer gimmick uh versus josh matthews and big papa pump 
Scott Steiner. Right. So it's going to be a lot heavy on comedy and they're going to build to the spot where Scott Steiner gets his hands on Borash. So that's what you're looking for here. They're going to avoid that the entire way. And uh, that's going to be the big spot in the match because the deal here is Borash is fully confident that he could beat the shit out of Josh Matthews and can't wait to get his hands on him. But he is terrified of Scott Steiner and uh, Scott Steiner is a legitimately terrifying man. And, yeah, I, I don't blame him. Yeah. Yeah, and he's playing his role to perfection is the guy who uh, cannot stand Jeremy Borash, has never liked Jeremy Borash, and wants to murder Jeremy Borash. So uh, it'll be light, it'll be fun, and it'll build to the spot where Steiner finally gets his hands on Borash, and then we'll see how Borash worms out of it. So, um, look, if you're looking for a six and a quarter star match, you're not going to get it. Uh, but but they, listen, there. I don't know. I don't know if Joseph Park has his working boots on. You know, I think you we you nailed the the, the theme here though. They've they've turned something that was uh, total go away heat and a total horrendous horrendous storyline with the feuding announcers into something that's that that's palatable now, and um, you know that's commendable. And the commentary hasn't been that bad because Josh Matthews has really toned it down. They'll take shots at each other to build the match, but. Um, Josh Matthews, for the most part, Borash does the play-by-play. Matthews acts as the analyst, and he pretty much calls things straight, leaning towards uh, the heels a bit. So uh, the commentary has gotten much, much better uh, since they initially rolled out the angle. And then our main event here, another unification match is for the Impact World Heavyweight and the Global Force Global Championships. You have Lashley uh, defending the Impact title here. with He'll be with, alongside King Mo. Uh, and he'll be against Alberto El Patron, of course, representing Global Force Wrestling. And he'll be with his dad, Dos Caras. So, I mean, listen, you know, these are the two biggest stars in the company. And, you know, they've they've built things around these two men. And uh, they're doing the Impact versus Global Force deal here. Uh, another unification match, a big time unification match. Uh, so hopefully we get an actual finish and they don't do some kind of bullshit finish. But, uh, but yeah, so Lashley and Alberto El Patron, this will all be dependent. Look, Lashley can be hit or miss. He's had some um, um, excellent matches for this company. One against uh, Drew Galloway that stands out for me uh, early in the year this year. Uh, but he's also had some stinkers. He had a bad match on the um, WrestleCon show, WrestleMania weekend. I think it was against Cobb, right? Jeff Cobb. Yeah, that was one everybody was looking forward to, too. That was a huge. I mean, we talk, I was talking to people uh, doing the WrestleMania preview, the WrestleMania weekend preview, and there was like half the people were like, oh, man, I can't wait to see Lashley versus Cobb. And yeah, it was apparently a big bomb. So, yeah. So, uh, Alberto El Patron, I think that um, a lot will depend on how motivated he is. He's having some problems in his personal life there, Rich. According to uh, if you believe, yeah, I wanted, I, wanted to ask you, yeah, I wanted to ask you, how upset are you? Because I know you love their, their their beautiful coke, wild sex filled relationship. Are you, you know, upset? we all knew it was going to be a disaster. My whole thing with it was leave them alone. You know, if they if they like each other, if they love each other, if they're in this relationship, um, you know, it's like even though we can all see it's destructive. It, my whole thing, especially a lot of the stuff with, oh, you know. He's like 38 and she's like 22. So what? They're both adults. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, leave him alone. And I'm not just saying that as a guy who's about his age, who dates people about that age. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's but like, you know, adult, it, so it's different. Hold it. totally different. So, but I mean, but seriously, it, yeah. it kind of, it, it got, it was getting to the point where it was a little creepy to me. Look, we knew that this was just, everyone knew, but it's like, look, it's their lives. If they're in love, let them be in love. You know what I mean? Who are we to say that they don't belong together? But apparently uh, all these things have ended. No one is dead. So that's good. Um, there was some fear that that's how things could have wrapped up. 
Um, I'm sure they have some uh, regrettable tattoos that they've got. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, in fact, I know that they do. But, I mean, you know, it's uh, – so we'll see how motivated he is here. I think, uh, you know, look, this this is a match I can see really running the gamut. I mean, if they both go out there and work hard and really try and everything falls into place, I think they can have an excellent match. I really do. But I think if everything goes wrong and we get bad Lashley – and we get unmotivated Alberto El Patron. And nothing is worse than El, I was gonna say, El, El unmotivated. Unmotivated Alberto Del Rio, El Patron, whatever, is the worst. I mean, he will that guy will go from a, a you know an eight to a to a two it, just yeah. by sheer effort. Like Right. And then if it has some shitty finish, you know, like involving Mo and Dos Caras, which it probably will, uh, or if it has a non finish, yeah, this can be something I think that can peak at around four stars. And can floor at like dud, you know. I really believe that. Yeah, yeah. There's you know, really, this could be a dud. There's almost no in between either. Like I don't feel like they're going to go out there and just have an average match. And we're just like, okay, that I, was. See, good. I can see. I disagree. I think you can get you. This could be easily be a two star special, um, or or a three star match. That's you know doesn't that you never think about it. Whatever. I think it could be anywhere between like four stars and just one of the worst matches of the year. I, I really believe that. It, it, so you don't know what you're going to get with this. Um, I'm not really wrapped. Look, I've I've hand waved Alberto El Patron a long time ago. I've had enough of that guy, but uh, but I am willing to concede that it, he, you know, if he's got the the old working shoes on, Rich, uh, that and things fall into place, he could have a, an excellent match with, with Lashley. Yeah, and I guess from your standpoint, what's, what's interesting about this match is, is, is there's a lot of scenarios that can happen. It could be both men give it their all. <laughs> you know, both men put all their effort into it, and then it's great. Then you have a scenario where Lashley puts effort in, but a Patron doesn't give a shit. They have a, a, a potential where Patron gives a shit and Lashley doesn't. You have a, a situation where both of them don't give a shit. Like, it, so I guess like what you're saying is it could it could really run the gamut of different things. Like, there's a, yeah a, a very like it's not like there's no sure thing in this match. Like, both of them could suck, one could suck, the other could like there's there's it could do any different sort of scenario here. And yeah, every and one of them has an equal possibility of happening. Like, yeah, yeah. So, um, and then I think. A lot will have to do with like if you know if they got a hot crowd, maybe they'll work hard. Who knows? Um, you know, and there's, but but uh, but we'll see. I just I fear a shitty finish, especially with the unification and they're making a big deal out of Global Force being purchased this week. I, I don't know. No, I I smell a shit finish. Uh, so that's Slime of Virtue 15 going on, um, of course, uh, this Sunday. So you can watch it on pay per view if you want. Uh, I think, as I mentioned, it's available on internet pay per view as well. Fight TV, I know, is, is carrying. I'm sure there's a few other ones as well. But that was our uh, hour and a half talk about Glow Force Wrestling and Impact as we as we like to start shows. But uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting, uh, and they deserve it. They they built up a pretty good pay per view, and they they deserve a little bit of our credit here. But now I think uh, people are probably clamoring for us to talk about this, so we'll, we'll get into it right now. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling, we of course, have the G1 Climax coming up and also the G1 Specials in Long Beach this weekend. Uh, we did a little bit of a preview of the G1 Specials a few weeks ago, so I don't think we're going to get too intensive into that. We'll do it maybe here in a little bit. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about the G1 because we have blocks, we have schedules, we have everything all ready to go. Uh, tournament kicks off July 17th. For people wondering, yes, we are doing a Pick'em contest. Uh, we're collecting sponsors and, and prizes right now just to do that but do not worry you'll get details pretty soon about the g1 pick them uh definitely happening again um and yeah people are excited about it and people are excited about this g1 and, and and rightfully so we have some blocks now you know last week we just talked about the guys and and you know what they could do in the potential matches and all this sort of stuff well now we have the matches we have the blocks so we can go a little bit more intensive uh with this preview so joe i'm going to break down here the a block of 
uh, the G1 Climax, and we'll kind of do an overall talk uh, about this A block and then, of course, do the B block here. I'll start out with Bad Luck Fale, representing the A block, Hiroki Goto, Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii, Togi Makabe, Yuji Nagata, Tetsuya Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Yoshihashi. So I think the big story thing we're probably going to have to talk about first is that Block A features Kota Ibushi and does not feature Kenny Omega, who is in Block B. So Ibushi and Omega kept away for now. Where do you see this going? Do you see this then building up to Wrestle Kingdom? Are we maybe working ourselves into a shoot here? Maybe we shouldn't worry about this. What, what do you take from this? No, I think it, it it clearly says to me that they're keeping those guys apart for Wrestle Kingdom, especially if they're going to do the Okada Naito match that everyone expects them to do. And with them doing Okada, uh, I'm sorry, Okada Omega 3 during the G1, that kind of strips away the possibility of doing it at the Dome again, right? You're not going to do their fourth match a couple months later at the Dome. So it does look like Okada Naito and Omega Obushi for the Dome based on the way the block shook out. I mean, do you agree with that? I think so. Yeah, I think that's that. That looks pretty. Um, I mean, something could surprise us, but uh, m- more times than not, around this time, we kind of have a decent idea of what it's going to be. But yeah, th- that seems to be the, the working theory right now. We've talked about that one for a while as well. That that would probably be where they would go, and and it seems seems more obvious now after seeing these blocks. Yeah. So what we will get out of this block though is we'll get a Bushi Naito, which will be a hell of a match. You get Tanahashi Naito again, which, you know, that's fine. You can burn that off again. And, and I say burn it off, but you can headline a major show. And we know the shows that these these matches are headlining now. So um, you'll get Tanahashi Naito. You'll get Tanahashi Ibushi, which is obviously going to be a top match on one of the shows. So those are your three guys that, you know, uh, are going to headline uh, this block. And, and, and I think the blocks are a little more balanced this year than they usually are. I would agree. I would, I would absolutely agree. Yeah. So you've got some big matches there. Uh, to headline some shows with. And then, you know, you've got guys like Ishii. You've got Ishii. We're going to get an Ishii-Goto match. We talked about that last week, right? So we're going to get Ishii versus Goto. We're going to get Ishii and Goto versus the three guys we talked about, which is going to be uh, something else. And then we got Zack Sabre Jr. in this block. Yeah, Sabre. I'm way into a Zack Sabre Jr. Ubushi so We're going to get sounds- Zack Sabre Jr. against Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, <laughs> Tetsuya Naito, Tomohiro Ishii, and Hiroki Goto. Holy shit. And if you're into Yuji Nagata, you're going to get that too. I mean, holy shit, those sound great. And they all sound fresh. And that's exciting stuff. I mean, I think I like the A block a little bit better. Um, but th- th- but I, I do think there's more balance than usual. And, and those Sabre matches are all fresh. Abushi Naito, Abushi Tanahashi, you're going to rock. You get another Tanahashi Naito match. You know, and then we're not even talking about, you know, Yoshihashi. He's going to sneak in there and have some good matches against these guys. About the only guys in this block that I'm not really excited about. I mean, Togi Makabe, I've had enough of him. Uh, Really couldn't care less. But, you know, he'll probably have one or two excellent matches against a couple of these guys. I'm not a Yuji Nagata guy. I took a lot of abuse on Twitter for saying that. But what do you, it's like, what do people want me to say? Okay. <laughs> you should lie. Just be, you should not tell your opinion and just lie. People would rather that for some reason. I don't know. Why. Can, can I clarify this for a minute? Like, I don't hate Yuji Nagata. You hate him. I have nothing against Yuji Nagata. Yuji Nagata. And his beautiful wife. You I mean, he does have a beautiful wife and he has a cute yeah. kid. All I said last, and I like Yuji Nagata well enough. All I really said last week is I prefer Satoshi Kojima. Is that not allowed? I mean, what's the, what's the problem here? Of the third some fucking nerve, guys, Joe. That is some fucking nerve to. Yeah, I mean, to some people prefer one thing over the other. You, I, you really have some nerve. I, I really, it's, it's amazing, you know. And it's like all this condescending bullshit that I got for saying I preferred one third gen guy over the other. Some people prefer Tenzan. I get it, you know. He's got a quality about him. Be, some people prefer Yuji Nagata. That's awesome. 
You know, I prefer Kojima. I don't hate Yuji Nagata. He just doesn't fucking get me going, especially in 2017. I'm not looking forward to Yuji Nagata matches, you know, and I'm sure he'll have a couple good ones here. But I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm way more looking forward to someone like Hiroki Goto, who I would take over Yuji Nagata any day of the week. And I know that's going to piss people off, but it is what it is. Sometimes you prefer people over others. I don't know. Nagata just never worked for me on that level. I don't know, man. But uh, so Nagata, Makabe, and really Fale are really the only three guys in this block where, you know, but there's so much super, you know, so many super talented guys in this block that I even think those three are going to have, you know, plenty of interesting matches. So, um, I do prefer the A block, but um, I do think the blocks are slightly more balanced than usual. Yeah, I prefer the A block only because I like a few more of the names in the A block. Like you have Ishii, who's the all you know all time you know utility oh, yeah. player. I mean that dude. Anybody against any of those guys, you know he's going to kill. So anytime you have put Ishii in the block, I almost always put it way up. And then you have the freshness of Kotobushi and Zack Saber Jr. in there. So that's that's the only reason I probably prefer the A block a little bit more is because you have those two dudes, you know, Ibushi and, and Saber, who have, you know, not faced any of these guys or, or have not faced these guys in quite a while. So everything's going to feel really fresh and you're going to get a new unique match every single night with the A block. Uh, but yeah, like in general, I probably prefer the A block a little bit more. But like you said, there, there's a super good balance there. And we'll, we'll talk about the B block here in a moment. Uh, even if you love or hate Yuji Nagata, and this is the last thing I want to talk about with the A block here, uh, the emotion of the, his whole story going in of, of, of this being his last G1 or whatever, they'll be passionate. Oh, wait, is that a thing? I don't even thing. Know yeah, that. no, that is the thing. This is his uh, okay. 19th and final tournament. So, that's gonna, well, there you go. That adds a little juice, right? For so sure. even if you don't like the Yuji Nagata match, even if you go, ah, that match wasn't very good, you're going to get very similar things where the, you know he Yuji Nagata loses and the guy bows down to him. You know the handshakes. You're right. going to have Nogami going nuts and screaming about Blue Justice. So you're always going to have that even with the Yuji Nagata match, even if it's no good and even if it's kind of a dud. Even if it's Togi Makabe versus Yuji Nagata or whatever, which I mean that that's probably the worst match in the entire block. You're still going to get that added bonus of it this being it for Yuji Nagata. So there'll be a lot of pomp and circumstance around him. So that that's going to at least add a little bit of juice to what could potentially be one of the duds of, uh, of the block. But I mean, I like Nagata, so I'm not too worried about it. But if people are worried about it, you still get that with his matches. So really, when you look at that, the dud is Togi Makabe, and everybody else can deliver in the A block. So that, I that's think, I think Folly will struggle against a lot of these guys, too. Uh, yeah, but he's going to have so many good ones. Like, he'll have three or four good ones, and I think it'll almost outweigh it a little bit. But there's going to be... A- there's going to be a Fale Makabe match at some point and a Fale Nagata match, and those are going to suck. So Yeah, those will suck. Uh, Fale versus Zack Sabre Jr. is such an interesting match. I'm, I'm interested how they'll work that. You know another one I'm interested in? Because you know Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tomohiro Ishii, how do you think that's going to come off? That'll yeah. be interesting. I have no idea. No. And another thing, too, we're not even talking about this one. Ishii and, and Naito, and people kind of forget the, about these two dudes. Yeah. And I was going through my preview. Uh, looking to the G1 a little bit, it's like, man, these guys had two awesome matches in 2016, two awesome matches in 2014. Like, Naito's best opponent is Ishii, and Ishii's best opponent might be Naito. And, like, these dudes are going to get in the block again. So that that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Ishii, Ishi, Naito, yeah. And Ishii, Goto. We forget. We forget about those. We really, I we, I think we remember more the Ishii, Goto than we do the Ishii, Naito. But that... Yeah. Those Ishii-Naito matches resurrected Naito. Naito was dead in the water until those Ishii matches. That Ishii-Naito title match, when Ishii got that IWGP title match, got so much emotion out of me. I, I, you know, and, and that was uh, you know, one of my favorite moments of this podcast where I just lost it. And I didn't plan on going on that emotional <laughs> rant about that match. But Ishii's performance in that match was just, just – just, it went right to my fucking soul. I mean, I, I just loved his performance in that match against Naito. And, and it's, it's everything I wanted out of pro wrestling. So you're right. I didn't even think of that. They're in the same block. There's just so much to sink your teeth into with this block, it, it, you know, and that, and I didn't even know I was out of the loop on the Nagata thing. So that definitely adds some juice that it, that normally he doesn't have for me. 
So, um, yeah, a very interesting block. I mean, Togi Makabe seems to be the dog there, right? I mean, uh, I think pretty easily, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you if you prefer Fale to him, here's a little interesting thing. How about Yuji Nagata versus Fale? There's a little subplot there that I hope they tap into. If you remember, Fale was sort of Nagata's protege as King Fale. Remember that? Uh, 2010, 2011, before he joined. Yeah, that was a little bit before I got in. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I remember a whole lot of that. I mean, I've seen matches maybe a little bit here and there, but yeah, I don't really, I wasn't really following the stories. Sure, King Fale was a Blue Justice member, and he teamed with Nagata in World Tag Leagues and things like that. So he was kind of, you know, Nagata takes these young lions under his wing, you know, and 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 that was one of his guys, and before he joined Bullet Club, so. Um, hopefully when those two guys have their match, they do some nods to that. You know, that'd be a cool little callback to do with the Nagata Fale stuff. Let's move on to the B block here. Um, Michael Elgin, of course, uh, in there, you got evil Satoshi Kojima, uh, Kazuchika Okada, Kenny Omega, Juice Robinson, Sonata, Minoru Suzuki, Tamatonga, and Toro Yano. So I think the big story we of course have to talk about is Okada Omega in the same block. So we are getting, Round three of Okada and Omega. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we go go through the schedules. But uh, initial thoughts about them doing this match in the G one, like the fact, it, dislike the fact it. The matter was you couldn't avoid all of these matches, right? So, right. and we talked about it last week, and you really you had to burn off something. Now, if the plan is to do Okada Naito and Omega Abushi, then this was the right decision. Um, again. I'm not going to make a big deal. I would have switched gears and saved Okada Omega for the Dome. I think it's the hottest match in the company. They're choosing not to do that. So they'll do it here and they'll headline Sumo Hall and they'll probably sell it out, right? Yep. So um, I can't really kill them for that. That's the match they chose to burn. Um, you had to burn one of them. Uh, so that's the direction they went. So that gives the B block uh, that's going to be uh, you know a real hot final night for the B block right there. And uh, I think the A block is a little better. But when you look at this B block, I wouldn't sleep on it because Evil and Minoru Suzuki and Sonata and Michael Elgin. And I'll tell you another guy and Satoshi Kojima. Don't sleep on Kojima. Missed it last year. He could have good matches with a lot of guys here. And the one guy that I really think is going to work his fucking ass off is Juice Robinson. And I think yep. he's he's excited. Uh, he I know he can deliver in singles. He has delivered in singles. He's got the right kind of guys in this block to have the great matches with, too, when you're talking about guys who match up with him well, whether it's your Sonatas. I think he's going to have a great match with Okada. I think he, I've seen, he's going to have a great match with Omega. Yeah, you know that, that, that I'm looking he's forward to. He's going to have a great match with Omega. sounds awesome, yeah. You know, it's, it's it, you know, and I'm looking forward to that. And, and you know, and, and I think Kojima could have great matches with a lot of guys here. And I look at this block and, and, the dog here for me is Yano. We talked about it last week. I could care less, couldn't care less uh, in these days about his two minute roll up matches. I just, I hope that's the kind of shtick that he does. So he just gets in, gets out, and gets out of the way. Um, the last thing I want is 12 minute tour Yano matches. Uh, you know, I, you know, so, you know, let him go out there and play spoiler and roll guys up, but I'm just not interested in it. And the guy here who I think, you know, really needs to step up because he can really get lost is Tamatanga. You know, we put a lot of faith in him last year. Didn't really deliver to the level that we thought he would. And uh, he's getting surpassed by some of these guys like your Juice Robinsons. And, um, you know, Tamatanga is a guy uh, who, you know, I, I would like to see him uh, step up and have a couple really great matches here because he's got the right opponents to do it. But I'm losing a lot of faith, uh, even as much as I like the tag team. But uh, so Toriano and Tamatanga seem to be the dogs of the group. We'll see. Interesting subplot with Mike Elgin. 
contracts up in about six months and they haven't, you know, they, they released the top two matches for a lot of these shows and they left Mike Elgin out of a lot of them. So they seem to be down cycling Elgin until they figure out what's going on with him. Right. And I'm not privy to the details. I don't know if, you know, the conversations he's, I don't know if he wants to stay. I don't know if he's planning on leaving who the hell knows, but it's very clear that with him running into the last few months of his deal, that they've sort of downsized him a bit. They used him to put over Cody, and uh, they haven't featured him much at all. And we're going to go through these some of these top matches in terms of the top matches in this block. Yeah, he uh, Elgin is an interesting case here, but I think the, 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 we'll get to him here in a little bit when we go through the schedule. I think that's the best time to sort of talk about Elgin and, and, and sort of where he's at in the company now. Uh, but the real thing I like about this block, where yeah, you have your dog in Toriano, which but that's a dog in a sense that he's going to be in and out in three minutes. So I guess you know, in, in a sense, it's nice and easy. You can skip it, whatever. I got Tomatonga, who's a potentially a dog or could potentially be great. So otherwise, though, I think the thing I like about this block the most is that you have a lot a lot of guys with something to prove. You have Michael Elgin, who, if he's motivated, and if he's kind of feels slighted, which, you know, Michael Elgin, you know, for better, for worse, oh, yeah. is a guy who definitely, you know, can be motivated by feeling slighted or whatever. I, I think he's a guy that's going to go out there and, 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 and you know, he, he used to sulk a lot, and now he just goes out there and fucking proves, hey, you, you know, I'm the best, and here you go, here, I'm going to prove you the, that I'm the best or whatever. So don't think he's going to go out there and just half-ass it. Like, he's going to show what he's worth to the company. I, I fully believe that. You have Kojima, a guy who missed last year, so you know he's kind of eager to get back in there and always delivers uh, good performances. Juice Robinson, that's the guy we said. He's amped up for his first appearance. If you think he's going to go out there and lay eggs or he's going to go out there and not give 150% every single time he's out there, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, the, Juice is going to be a madman in these G1s. Like, he is, I guarantee he's right now, he's already planning. The wheels are spinning, and he just cannot wait for this. We've seen it. The second it was announced, he was tweeting out about how happy he was. Like, that's a dude that yeah. you know is just cannot be more excited to do this. You have Sonato, yeah, as we're kind of approaching the time when a lot of people think Sonato is going to, you know, in the next year or so, get it, you know, a little bit under himself. So, and get, you know, get, make that move to the main event or whatever. So this could be a good opportunity for Sonata to really do something. And then, uh, Minor Suzuki, who the one reservation there. And unfortunately, if you watch any of the Kazuna roads, uh, a lot of interference with Suzuki gun. And he mentioned that, you know, I forgot the exact quote, but he said, I'll have my guys by my side or something like that. I forgot what he said. That's my only worry is I really, 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 really hope that there's not a ton of Suzuki gun shit in his matches. Cause yeah, he could have great yeah. matches if he doesn't, but that'll man. be bullshit. They usually stay away from that, but that quote does worry me. Yeah, I forgot what the exact quote. You, but did you see that same one? I forgot what I it was exactly, yeah. but it was something. It was, of, you, you you got the gist of it. it yeah, I mean, he said something like, "My guys are going to be there," so something like that. And it's just like, uh, no, don't, please. Right. So that's a little uh, that's a little annoying there. But let's uh, let's go over the schedules here, so we can get a little bit better idea of uh, lay the land, what's going on with these shows, and, uh, and you can see who's really important as well. Off the standpoint, I don't know that we know the main events per se with these. We got the top two mat. They released the top two matches on each show. Okay, uh, see, I don't know if I have. So the list I have is just a list of the matches. So I don't know. Do you have that handy? The top two? Yeah, yeah. They do this gimmick where they release the whole schedule, but they also you can tell what they're featuring or what they plan on featuring because they also tell you the top two matches from each show. And I do have that in front of me. Okay, yeah, because I just have a full list. So I'll, I'll go over the full list, and then you can can chime in. Initially, the they two. give you the top two, and then they fill in the blanks like okay, a day yeah. later. Or yeah, unfortunately, I have. I, I think I can pretty much guess, but yeah, if you want to uh, uh, fill that in here. So we have a uh, kicks off uh, July 17th. This is the A block. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Kota Bushi versus Naito. Nagata versus Yoshihashi. Makabe versus Bad Luck Folly. And Goto versus Ishii. So I think that's a hell of a start for the A block. I mean, Makabe yeah, Folly yeah, blows, but. The, the feature else, matches yeah. are, are Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr., and Abushi versus Naito. Okay, so they're yeah, kicking yeah. that off big. And you get Goto Ishii underneath as the third yeah <laughs> i mean that's gonna be one of the best shows of the entire tour 
And that one has English commentary as well. So listening and you only listen to English, uh, that one's going to have. So the first three, uh, the first four nights rather, all have English commentary. So uh, you're in you're in business there. I move on July 20th. This is a Quirk and Hall show uh, for the B Block. We have Minoru Suzuki versus Kenny Omega, Sonata versus Evil, Okada versus Yano, Elgin versus Tamatonga, and then Kojima versus Juice Robinson. I imagine a Sonata, Evil, Suzuki, Omega. You're right, which is interesting yeah. because the Okada Yano match was not. Well, oh, because you know that's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's- and they did, they're not, but, the, but it's interesting that they're not advertising that as one of the two featured matches. They went with Sonata Evil over that match, which to me is a bit of a surprise um, in terms of, you know, in kayfabe, you would think that the Okada Yano match would be considered the bigger match, but it's not. They, they, they've pushed the Sonata Evil match harder. So um, I thought that was, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I think it maybe kind of shows what we're going to see in that match. <laughs> it's probably a terrible, terrible match and quick little roll up and, and Yano might even win. So they, I, I guess I, from my standpoint, I could see why they're not advertising it if that's kind of the plan that they're going to go. But uh, we'll see uh, July 21st. This is in Cork and Hall again. A block once again. This again is English commentary too. I got Naito versus Yoshihashi, Kota Bushi versus Zack Sabre Jr., Nagata versus Goto, Makabe versus Ishii, and then Tanahashi versus Bad Luck Fale. I have a tough time guessing what they put as the top two with this one. It's uh, Yoshihashi Naito and Abushi Zack Saber Jr. Wow. Okay. So Tanahashi Bad Luck Fale, not the not the featured one. I'm kind of interested, but and that'll be good. They're always good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tanahashi Fale, good chemistry. Tanahashi lets Fale beat the shit out of him every time. Uh, so you know that'll be good too. Are these first three nights in Corican? Did you say? Or? Uh, the first one was in. Uh, that's a bigger building, right? Because that's a huge Hokiado. Hokiado. I forgot what the name of that. Uh, uh, the Hokiado. Uh, yeah, because that that first show is a huge. It's one of the biggest shows of the whole tour. Yeah, I, for, so I, I forgot what that arena is called, but yeah, the, the the next three then are in Corican. So the twenty seconds in Corican as well. Yes. Yeah. Correct. The one we're about to talk about. Okay. Yep, so we'll move on again the 23rd, uh, the 22nd, rather, uh, back in Corican for the B block. Here, Kenny Omega, Tamatonga, Minoru Suzuki, Sonata, Evil versus Juice Robinson, Okada versus Elgin, and Kojima versus Yano. I guess uh, this one, Omega, Tonga, Suzuki, Sonata? Yeah, which again, okay, nice. this is what I'm talking about with Elgin. Last year, Okada, Elgin, without question. Oh, God, yeah, right, right. That's not See, even... this is what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're downcycling Elgin a bit. I mean, there's an Okada Elgin match here. That's this a no brainer. Yeah. Jeez. This is, you know, your, your biggest star against the former Intercontinental champ and Tanahashi's pal and all those things. And Omega Tamatanga is one of the two featured matches here. So, and Suzuki Sonata for that matter. I mean, I know he's the never champ. I get it. Um, but, but, you know, that's says a lot. And, and, and believe me, it's not a slight on Okada. It's Elgin. You see what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's curious, isn't it? That is really weird. Yeah, I, I didn't even I didn't even think of that again. Like that Okada Elgin. <laughs> How is that not? I mean, Elgin's a guy who's who's challenged for your IC title. He's main evented shows, and and yeah, he's there against you know your. And champion. it'll probably be the best match on the show. I mean, let's. Oh no, it. no doubt. But yeah, the the fact that that's not. I, I didn't even think of it. I just completely. You know, when I guessed, I didn't even guess that one, which is is nuts. I mean, that should be a no brainer. That's wow. That's that's fascinating. Yeah, that's um, hmm. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting there. Now we go it's to... Um, it really is bizarre how they're treating Elgin. It is. Yeah. But, but, it, but it makes sense. It, look, this is what we always say, Rich. You have these guys under contract for two years or whatever it is. Use the fuck out of them for the first year and a half. And then like old school, when guys would leave territories, you cycle them out, you job them out, and then they move on, right? I mean, this is pro wrestling 101. And that's what's so frustrating about the Willow Spray thing. But it's a conversation for another day. 
Uh, move on to the 23rd now. You got uh, Tokyo, uh, Tokyo Machida Gymnasium, I believe is the way to pronounce it. This is not English commentary. Uh, it starts kind of the, uh, <laughs> the diff- after the first four days, everyone's going nuts. Everybody loves everything. And then it it's kind of dies. To, yeah, now we get to the point where it's only the hardcores and you jump in when a match is good or you jump in after a little bit. But yeah, the first four, everyone's on board. Everyone's all in and everyone loves it. And then it kind of falls off a little bit, which is, is fair. The G1 grind is, is a real thing and, and new people. Listen, the thing is, if you're not a super hardcore, you don't need to watch all these shows and we're getting to some of the shows where you wait to see some reviews and you cherry pick the best stuff uh we got this one so we got july 23rd kotobushi tomohiro ishii togi makabe versus roki goto naito versus bad luck folly yoshihashi versus x saber jr and hiroshi tanahashi versus yuji nagata that's a hell of a show though i mean all all the things we're talking about the g1 grind that's one that i might want to watch live that is pretty good from top it to looks bottom. like they're main eventing with ibushi versus ishii Okay. And, um, Makabe Goto was the other match that they initially released, not Tanahashi Nagata, which is a bit of a surprise. Yeah, that's strange. Um, yeah, I thought Tanahashi Nagata would definitely be one of the featured ones, but it was not. When they released just the first, the top two matches on each show, they went with Makabe. I can understand Ibushi Ishii, which I assume is the main event. It, it's odd that Tanahashi Nagata is not the main event, honestly. I, and, and not only is it not the main event, it wasn't one of the two featured matchups. So very strange. Yeah, that is really, really weird. I mean, that seems like the, the one you would definitely do as your main event is Tanahashi Nagata. I mean, you know, Tanahashi will obviously win there. But yeah, that moment of, of real, I mean, that that's a change of the guard uh, in, in symbolism of New Japan and in the, in the history of New Japan a little bit. You know what I mean? Like of, of Nagata, Tanahashi, it's almost two, yeah. you know, eras, you know, butting heads there a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Sure. They, one, those are two back-to-back eras. of Yeah, right, right. So, right. Hmm, that's that strange. Uh, July 25th. If you, you got completely over- forget Nakamura existed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, but I, was he was he ever really a definitive ace, though? That's yeah, I mean, they said he was. but Was he? <laughs> he kind of was jockeying for position with Tanahashi and ultimately lost out. That's yeah, kind of right. how I've always read it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in my view, anyway. So there's a real fighter that Tanahashi can't win an MMA match. Neither could Nakamura either. July 25th. Well, actually, Nakamura, Nakamura, to be fair was a decent MMA fighter compared to some of these other guys. Like Shibata was awful. Um, Nakamura wasn't that bad to be fair. Okay. We'll I, I don't want you to get beat up for that. So okay, I'll yeah, jump in for fine. the save. I don't really give a shit what the hell the people you're not the biggest fight, MMA so. guy. So no, I don't really give a fuck what wrestlers do in real fights and it doesn't make them tougher and whatever. Okay. Oh, well from that aspect. Yeah. I don't give a shit either. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Who cares? All right. July 25th, <laughs> Okada versus Sonata. Kenny Omega versus Toru Yano, Tama Tonga versus Evil, Juice Robinson versus Monoru Suzuki, and then Kojima versus Michael Elgin. This one, um, can't imagine a Toru Yano match being the featured one, but it's against Omega, so maybe? Yeah, Yano, Omega, Okada. Wow. Yeah. I'm annoyed we're not getting Sonata Tanahashi. I should probably bring that up because I talked shit about that for two weeks in a row. <laughs> that was definitely happening. Yeah. And it- yeah. And um, I got to take the L. They didn't even put him in the same block. So I'm disappointed, but Man, I'll take I, Okada. I, I, I love Omega, but that Omega Yano match is just going to fucking suck. It's going to be-, it? be like 10 minutes long. It's just going to be those two dudes just fucking around. Like, He's going to come out in his hey, silly pants. I was just going to ask. Gonna, yeah, the silly pants for sure. You that, think Omega comes out in the rainbow tights for that? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. You think yes. he does? Oh, yeah, for sure. Because that's a little subtle message he sends. I'm curious to see if he comes out in the rainbow fringe tights for any of these matches. It'll, it'll be a big moment. Yeah, that, that'll determine how like weird this match is. How much he be. gives yeah. a fuck. Yeah. Right. That could be Jesus. That that might be my least favorite anticipated match of the end. My least anticipated match of the entire thing. Maybe they go out there and kill it. But Will uh, he do the chainsaw? 
Oh God, <laughs> maybe Any, everything's off the. I mean, you could do the the flag pull up the ass. I mean, every, we could see everything again. We could do it. Yeah, will he do the the aerosol spray on his balls? <laughs> we could see everything. Yeah. Dude, the world is your oyster when you're against Toroyano uh, in the G1, so we'll uh, we'll see there. But uh, July 26th, A Block again. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, Kota Bushi, Togi Makabe. Zex Saber Jr. Bad Luck Folly match you talked about uh, the, the, the the logistics of. of you, it's hard to figure out how it's going to even work. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Yoshihashi, and then Naito versus Yuji Nagata. Yeah, they went with Tanahashi, Goto, and Makabe Ibushi. Okay, all right. Makabe's got that star power. You gotta always yeah, count. For no, and that's that's he's a guy that Western fans kind of go. I don't get it, but they they like him over there. So that's you know yeah. that's a thing. Uh, but I guess there's not really a match that. I mean, maybe Naito Nagata is the only other contender, but I'm fine with those top two if that is the the two featured matches. I don't know. I don't know that any of these other ones really stand out. And oh my god, you have to promote this one. Like so, that, that, I'm fine. These with things kind of matter because you have to remember the matches that go on second to last and last are going to get a little more time. So. Sure. This isn't totally frivolous what we're talking about here. You know, the main event's going to get more time than the second match. It has the capacity to be a better match as well because it gets that extra time and it's not going to be, you know, not in, in seven minutes or whatever. So, yeah, that, that, that is important. That That is, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's why we're dwelling on it a little bit because uh, it does mean a, a lot here. So, uh, move on now to uh, July 27th. This is a B block yet again. Uh, Michael Elgin, Kenny Omega, Minoru Suzuki versus Evil, Sonata versus Toriyano, Juice Robinson versus Tamatonga, and Okada versus Kojima. Now, I wonder with Omega, is, is this an Elgin featured match here? It is. This is okay. the Elgin some respect here. I, I think it'll be the main event. Um, but the second match, they went with Suzuki versus Evil. Now, again, never champ. So, um, well, I assume he is. I didn't watch the Yoshihashi match yet, but I'm thinking that Suzuki survived that challenge. Uh, did he? Or do I look like a dope? No, you don't look like a dope. That's correct. Okay. So, but I mean, obviously the match I want to see on that show is Kojima Okada. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, that, I've got July 27 circles. I can't wait for that. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, Okada goes out there and, and wants to have an Okada match. And, uh, and I hope Kojima's fired up for it. Really looking forward to that. Big time. I'll move on to July 29th here. This looks like a really fun show. I got Naito versus Ishii. I'm assuming that's the main event. I mean, it'd be silly to not have that as the main event. Is that one of the featured ones? I, I would, it, is, it is. God, I hope so. Yeah, okay. That's going to be your main event. That's going to kill it. It's going to be probably the best match of the entire night. Maybe one of the best matches of the tournament. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yoshihashi. Hiroki Goto versus Zack Sabre Jr. Kodobushi, Bad Luck Folly. And Togi Makabe versus Yuji Nagata. So not a whole lot on the undercard. Uh, Goto Sabre, I'm definitely looking for. And, and Tanahashi Yoshihashi would be solid too. But uh, my eyes are definitely going to be on Naito uh, uh, Ishii. Those guys, I mean, there's no chance in hell that they don't have. Have a fucking awesome match. I mean, it is Tanahashi Yoshihashi is the other yeah. uh, featured match. Okay, yeah. Saber Junior Goto we've seen, but maybe we'll get it without the bullshit this time. Yeah, which we'll, fingers crossed. We'll, oh, <laughs> we'll hope so. I do not look. I just I'm. I, I'm yeah, you take a beating for the I hate Zack Saber and the Suzuki gun, but I'm right with you. It's just a. It's a it's, bad fit. It's just yeah, it, it, like even getting even if it's gonna be over in in a month or two months or it's just like we we wasted you know we wasted a few months already. On it's, it. it's, it's here's bad. the thing if. Even if there's this great payoff that that our friend Alan keeps hinting at that he seems to be privy to, that's awesome. But just fucking get to it because the interim is just really fucking annoying. Yeah. And if if Suzuki Gun does take part in their antics during this tournament and not only ruining the Suzuki matches, but also the Zack Sabre Jr. matches, Rich, I'm not going to stop ranting about this. I'm not going to stop. And I don't think there's any angle 
surprise angle, whatever Allen's hinting at that can save it. If that's the case, if they start ruining G one matches with this shit, I am not going to be happy. And, <laughs> hey, and, I'm, I'm full I'm, disclosure. I wanted that damn stable away from New Japan. The side when they came back, uh, I said, "Get him out of here. I don't want him." You didn't want you didn't want him back. Yeah. And I was willing to give it a shot, but I've not been happy with the returns. Um, and those two Zack Sabre Jr. singles matches that I was in, just as I was getting into both of them, yep. the bullshit started. <laughs> and I, I don't, you know, if there's some great payoff, which I assume is a Zack Sabre Jr. Minoru Suzuki feud, which will be excellent. Um, let's just fucking get to it already. Right. Okay, if that's a dome match or something, great. But let's just fucking get to it and get Zack Sabre Jr. away from these motherfuckers. I can't take it. <laughs> uh, move on here. July 30th. This is a B-Block show. Kenny Omega versus Kojima. Okada versus Juice Robinson. Michael Elgin versus Sonata. Suzuki versus Tamatonga. And Evil versus Toro Yano. Man, I am looking forward to Okada Juice Robinson. And I believe that's probably one of the featured matches because it has Okada in it. And if that's the case, yep. Juice Robinson is, is going to be a, 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 amazing. I mean, you know he's going full effort 100% in this match. And that that is going to be... I'm not oh, looking at the really, card. Yeah. I'm going to assume that's the main event. And um, if that's yeah. the case. I don't know. I mean, because Omega Kojima, I mean, I don't. Yeah, Okada Juice has to be the main event, correct? It has to be. Yeah. Omega Kojima is the other featured bout. But um, Okada Juice, I think, is going to be the main event. And that, can we safely say that's the biggest match of Juice Robinson's career? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's against the IWGP champ. Which is a, a fun thing about this, and I think when we're doing our previews for New Japan shows, I, I noticed, and, and somebody else brought this up, and I forgot who it was, so, so I, I feel bad not giving him credit, in, in our previews of saying, we have said the term, this is the biggest match of Juice Robinson's career, like, a number of times over the last, you know, year. Yeah. And that's a testament to how this guy has built himself up. I mean, we, Correct. every few months go, this is the biggest match of Juice Robinson's career. And yet he then three months later has something else. I mean, oh, this is the biggest match of Juice Robinson's career. Yep. And that, I mean, that guy, because that's, that's a guy who started from the bottom. It said, I will be a young lion and has built himself up to the point where we have said this is the biggest match of his career four or five times already in the past two years. And he's doing it again here. And now I, I, we, we can reasonably say this might not be it. You know what I mean? This might not be the peak. He could do that. You know, if he delivers here in this G1, this guy's a limit again. We can go another level then with Juice. So it's, it's just incredible. Yeah. What he's been able to There's do. The Goto match and some of the others, yeah, were the big, yeah. But this is a sign of ascension, yeah. where you continue to have the biggest match of your career. That's this this ascension that they've done a a very good job with his push and slowly moving him up the ladder. So, I move on here to uh, August first. This is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. I imagine that's going to be the main event. I think there's no chance now that it's not. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Yuji Nagata, Yoshihashi Bad Luck Fale, Naito versus Goto, and Togi Makabe versus Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, Nagata Ishii was the other match there. Choosing the feature there. Naito Goto should be excellent. So that'll be a nice little show. Uh, August 2nd, uh, B-Block, Kenny Omega versus Evil, Minoru Suzuki versus Toshi Kojima, Okada versus Tamatanga, Sonata versus Juice Robinson, Michael Elgin versus Toro Yano. Yeah, they went with Omega, Evil, and Kojima Suzuki. You know, Okada... Yeah, Okada Tamatanga. That's interesting. Okada on a lot of these shows, you know, it's like... And he kind of, you know, it was kind of the same thing last year. He kind of took a backseat on a lot of the shows. And remember, they turned that into a storyline because he was annoyed that Tanahashi was main eventing ahead of him. So um, at this point, though, Okada's Teflon. I mean, the guy's a proven draw and all those sorts of things. So you can kind of do this, and it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, Omega Evil and uh, Kojima Suzuki. This is an interesting show. A match like Omega Evil is a is a is the kind of match you never thought you wanted to see, but now I really <laughs> want to see it. Right? Like you're curious well, about a match like that. Unfortunately, I don't know. Is Evil going to show up? Because he's he's in that big. Uh, he was in the database, I think. Uh, you know, that's, somebody somebody, somebody texted me back. That's true. 
and told me that that Watanabe and Evil might be the same person. So then, yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be interesting. Then, um, it, yeah, you're you're totally right. I did not but, know uh, that they were the same person until uh, just a few moments ago. But now that that could change the whole complexion of this entire G1. You know, Kojima Suzuki looks like it'll get some time, yeah. and that's good. I think there's a good uh, that's a perfect babyface versus heel match, right? Where you're gonna get behind Kojima. Sure. Oh God, um, yes, yeah. And the, and he'll lose, and uh, but it you know he'll put a lot of heart into it, and and um, you know. Um, Looking Sonata to Juice. Too. I like Sonata Juice too. That's two hungry dudes right there. Oh yeah, Sonata Juice can be very good. Yeah, that's a, that's a sleeper show right there. That August second. Uh, that I agree. one. Yep. Uh, August fourth, uh, we got Naito versus Zack Saber Jr. And you know, you're going uh, to get the Tamatanga Rainmaker bump on that show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the, the once <laughs> the once a year best thing in the world is is Tamatanga doing his you know double flip on the Rainmaker. I'm, I'm pretty yep. excited about that. Uh, August fourth, uh, Naito versus Zack Saber Jr. Tanahashi versus Makabe. Abushi versus Nagata. Hiroki Goto versus Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii versus Bad Luck Fale. Not a great looking show. Goto versus uh, who's Goto against Yoshihashi? Uh, oh God, I lost my spot. Where the hell was? I? What, what date did I tell you? August fourth. August fourth. Uh, Goto is against Yoshihashi. Yes, correct. Yeah, that and Naito Zack Saber Junior will be excellent. Uh, the other featured bout is Tanahashi Makabe. So that's eh, an all right show, I guess. Nothing to get super excited about. This is the grind, man, right? At this point, like, you know what I mean? You're just like, all right, when's, when's Super yeah. Hall coming? <laughs> like, like, I'm, reading these, I'm yeah. reading these and I'm like scrolling down. I'm like, oh, geez, there's like four, three more until Super Hall. But right. uh, yeah, August 5th, uh, B Block here, Okada versus Evil, Kojima versus Sonata, Suzuki versus Elgin, Tamatonga versus Toru Yano, Kenny Omega versus Juice. This uh, Omega Juice will be excellent. Um, Okada, Evil, and Kojima, Sonata uh, were the matches they announced. Um, so another featured match for Kojima. I'll take it. Um, Okada Evil should be excellent. Um, I don't know. It's not a bad little show. Yeah, it's not terrible. I, uh, Suzuki kind of Elgin, I, I don't know. Suzuki Elgin it could be interesting or it could be. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's no, not a bad really, little show. Yeah. Here's the problem. Like you said, though, it's really happening where the where you're, you're chomping at the bit to get to Sumo Hall. You're burnt out. You know what I mean? You might you not. You slept in two weeks. You're yeah. just sick of seeing the new japan wrestlers you're just this could be one of those shows where it's really good but no one watches it yeah yeah because these last like three nobody yeah they 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 die a death and like a lot of times you kind of have an idea what's going on in the tournament then you look ahead and you look at the sumo and you're like ah, okay i I see what they're doing here so you lose that little intrigue as well so we'll talk about it here in a little bit uh in in terms of the sumo hall shows uh because they play into a lot of what i think is going to happen with with the final uh, term here in our little predictions, but uh, August 6th, uh, A Block, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Ishii, Naito versus Makabe, Goto versus Belak Fale, Kota Bushi versus Yoshihashi, and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Yuji Nagata. So I'm assuming you're in an event there. I mean, almost without question, is going to be Tanahashi Ishii. Yeah, probably. And uh, I don't really like that show. I think a lot of the other guys that I like are paired up with people I don't care about. Yeah, Naito Makabe, Goto Fale. That's the bad mix between yeah. those two. And Kotobushi Yoshihashi. Kotobushi Yoshihashi will be probably pretty cool. And, and Saber versus Nagata, for some people, might be cool, but that's going to get kind of grapple fucky, I think. And I think Joe Lanz yeah. is not going to be very happy with that match. A lot of people are going to be super excited about that match. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll give it a chance. I just, I don't know. You, you hate Yuji Nagata, in which. I'm not a Nagata guy. I don't know. Wish ill will on him and his family. So, I mean, it makes sense that you would, uh, you know. Keep that match. So, uh, August eighth, <laughs> B block. Uh, this is the real grind. No one's watching this show, even though they probably should because it's really good. But you know, everyone's gonna be punched. For, this is uh, gonna be a key show, actually. Yeah, really. I mean, a lot of people should watch this. This is always a big one here. You got Okada versus Minoru Suzuki, Kenny Omega versus Sonata, Juice Robinson versus Toriyano, Michael Elgin versus Evil, and then Satoshi Kojima versus Tama Tonga. 
Yeah, I mean, you've got three matches there that won't probably won't mean a thing in terms of points, but you, you Omega Sonata and Okada Suzuki, these are prime spots for big upsets to build intrigue for the final night of the block. Um, so these two matches have upset written all over them. I could easily see Suzuki beating Okada. Um, and I could see Sonata knocking off Omega if, if Omega needs to lose to keep someone else alive. You know what I mean? So, right. um, you know, and maybe in the other three matches, there's one guy who wins to keep a flicker of hope alive. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a key show in, in a lot of ways to set up the final night of block play uh, four days later. All right, let's get to that. We got uh, August 11th, Sumo Hall, the A Block Finals. Is, of course, we're back on English commentary at this point. So uh, if you're if that's a, a barrier for you, you're back in, in English for these last three nights. But uh, A Block Finals, you got Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tetsuya Naito, so a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom and uh, Dominion. Uh, Kota Bushi versus Roki Goto. Ishii versus X Sabre Jr. Bad Luck Folly versus Yuji Nagata. And Togi Makabe versus Yoshihashi. Man, those top three. Those top three matches in Sumo Hall. God yeah. damn. I feel like um, the Tanahashi Naito match will probably determine the block winner. Yep, yep, that'll be winner goes winner. You know, winner goes loser goes home. Yeah, that's right. Sure. With with the winner of Abushi Goto needing something funky to happen, like last year. Yeah, Goto needs a draw right. to, to to get to the finals. Or they're always going to do that. They're always going to do that with Goto. I mean, we always kind of everybody always underrates him, but th- that's a guy that they like to kind of play the. You know, he's always right there. And, and last year was the surprise of all surprises because he got to the finals. He's sitting there, you know, backstage, like, oh shit, all right, cool, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. But yeah, this time I think Naito's just going to win clean. Um, or I don't know if it's going to be clean, but it, either way, Naito's going to win, and that's going to be his entry to the final. But Goto will be in a situation where I'm sure the commentators are going to play it up. Hey, if Tanahashi and, and Naito go to a draw, Goto's in there again. Like you know, the last year, you know, back to back years where Goto, you know, sure. gets into the finals via draw. I think that's a cool story to tell. So. Or Abushi. I think a boot. I think all four of those guys will be alive going into their match. Sure, you know? I do too. Yeah, and uh, that'll kind of be like how they play it there. So um, that you know, that'll be that'll be a big night. Obviously, August. Sumo Hall into the block. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, August 12th, the next day, Sumo Hall, uh, once again, the B-Block Finals here, English commentary. Uh, I think three of these four guys, I think, are going to be in play until the final night. So I'm really interested to see how this plays out. I kind of have an idea, and I think you're probably on the similar wavelengths as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okada versus Kenny Omega is going to be your main event, of course. So the, the third match of those two. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Toru Yano. Tamatonga versus Sonata. Michael Elgin versus Juice Robinson. And Kojima versus Evil. So now I ask you, Joe, my theory, Omega beats Okada knocks Okada out of the finals. Yeah. And Toro Yano Suzuki, which was uh, the never ending feud from 2014, I guess it was, um, you know, and they have that rivalry and obviously Yano's spoiling Suzuki, right? So Suzuki, I, I think Suzuki is beating Okada four nights earlier. And then Suzuki will be in a position where if he beats Yano, he moves on and Yano will spoil Suzuki. I mean, that's what is written all over this. And then it comes down to Okada Omega. And the obvious story there is Omega tying it up at one, 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 right. And winning the block and getting the big win. But the big question, Rich is, does he do it with the one wing angel? I think that, I think it's obvious he'll win, but will he win with them? So there'll still be some intrigue there. Um, the, the, The only look, if Naito wins his block, there's no chance in hell Okada's winning the block. They're not going to do Okada Naito on a show that's going to be sold out no matter what the match is. It'd be a monumental waste. It's stupid, and they're not going to do it. It's not happening, so don't predict it, people. <laughs> I'm telling you yeah. right now. Pro yeah. tip, don't predict it. Not happening. Now, if Tanahashi or Bushi or Goto somehow win the block, you know what? Then it's not impossible that Okada gets through. I still wouldn't predict it. But they're not doing Okada Naito in the G1 final. It'd be monumentally stupid. 
Um, so, you know, I expect Naito to win his block and then that would give us an Omega Naito final, right? I mean, if, the, you know, they'll give us that match, um, which they've kept those guys apart. Uh, you know, maybe you do Suzuki instead. Yeah, that's, that's not what, possible. What, what, what's the percent chance it's, of you? Because my theory here, and, and I guess I, I don't know, um, as I go through, I might think about it a little bit harder, but it might be a situation where Omega might have already been eliminated, but he's just going to play spoiler to Okada. You know, sure. like he doesn't have anything to work, really do, but it, it's not like, hey, it doesn't matter to me if I win this match, but goddamn, does it matter to me because I got to beat you. I got to prove, you know, yeah. that, that, that I can beat you here and that I, you know, I can tie this series up a little bit. So Omega goes in there knowing that all he's doing is playing spoiler and that's what he does. And Minoru Suzuki, you know, beats Toriano easily and just awaits, you know, his fate. And if Omega beats Okada, then Suzuki moves in. I, I think that's just as likely a scenario. I mean, and oh, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I if I was betting, I, nah, you know, I I'd probably go Night to Omega just because I think that's a little bit more of a high profile match. But we talked about this, this is a show that's pretty much already sold out. If you want to throw away a, a Suzuki Naito main event or whatever, I mean, nothing's nothing's really gonna you know that, that's not gonna really have a, an effect it's on long term business. Yeah, that's not burning anything. Like that's yeah. nothing that people are are super clamming for. But it's still a fun match and it's still a match that you can publicize and oh yeah, feel like a complete idiot. You know, it's not like you're putting you know Michael Elgin versus you know Naito in the main event. Yeah, and you could do that too. But I mean that that yeah, Suzuki versus Naito, I think that that's one that I'm I'm. While I think Omega probably is going to do it, I'm I'm going to I'm going to talk myself into Suzuki before it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean from that standpoint, you don't have to burn off Omega Naito, which you've obviously been saving. And like you said, Suzuki Naito is it mean it's the, you're not burning anything with that. It's not a big business match at all. So maybe you have a situation where Yano, where they tease the Yano quick win, that'll be hot in Sumo Hall if he's you know doing his roll ups, his ball shots, and everything. But Suzuki ultimately emerges, and people uh, expect it too. People are going in and going, oh, okay, expect, Yano's yes. going to get the yeah the quick roll because they're smart fans, you know, and they know what they're what's going on. So that could be yeah, that could really add a lot of intrigue to that match, right? And then the like you're saying, the Suzuki win could eliminate Omega before Omega even gets in the ring. Um, you know, if Suzuki has a win over Omega or whatever, and Omega can only tie him, you know what I'm saying? But then the Omega can, like you're saying, can spoil Okada and put more heat on that feud. And yeah, so if Suzuki beats Yano, I think it'll be obvious at that point, uh, you know, that Omega's probably beating Okada to send Suzuki into the final. Yeah, so what you're saying is true. Um, Actually, you've talked me into that as being the more likely scenario. Because I don't think, you know, I wouldn't do Omega Naito in the final. I mean, obviously, I want to see that again. I mean, last year they had the great match, right? But it's like, why do that there when you can potentially do that down the yeah, line? Yeah, you can build, you can use that later. You don't have that's to. It's a money drawing match, right? So, right. like, you look at last year's example, and I think that's a perfect example for people that are kind of wondering, hey, what's right. this? Goto. You didn't need to have. I mean, nobody predicted. Goto Omega was a nothing. Right. And nobody yeah. predicted Goto to win. Nobody thought Goto was going to go to the finals or whatever. And it's one that, like, ended up being a great match or whatever, but you lost nothing out of that. Omega didn't burn a, a big time title match. Goto didn't really, you know, nothing really changed about his career trajectory from being in the finals or whatever. And that's sometimes what happens when you have a clear idea who you're going to have win. The challenger can just be somebody that that is going to put together a, a competent, decent match, but doesn't necessarily have to be a, a world beater. So, and and I think everybody and their mother thinks that Nigel's winning this whole tournament. So, when that's in, with that in mind, I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter who the opponent really is, as long as it's not just a total zero. I mean, it's not you know. 
But again, there's there's scenarios where like a Michael Elgin, like, yeah, sure. Why the hell not? Like it, it, you could reasonably argue that. It but really I think, could be anyone. That's the yeah. thing with the one final. It's it's you just want to make sure you give people a, a great bell to bell match. And it really it can be anyone because it's selling out regardless. So it doesn't matter. You don't need to build to a match that's that's going to sell tickets because it's going to sell out. So you want to do the opposite. You almost right. want to not give away, you know, a, a match that's going to sell tickets. Yeah, it's a little interesting in that sense. So, uh, but yeah, people at least if it has the idea that this is going to be a great match, that's all that really, in, in a lot of ways, matters. So yeah, maybe maybe Tamatonga versus Naito is not a great idea. But uh, I mean, you could give away the big time match between two stars if you've done the match a million times. Sure. Yeah, that's a different animal too. But what we're talking about here with Naito and Okada, I'm sorry, Naito and Omega are two guys that haven't faced each other in a year, and they're two top guys and. Down the line, that could headline a Dominion or whatever, an invasion, whatever, whatever big show you want to name. So, uh, yeah, you, you probably don't want to do that in a situation where it's unneeded. And then August 13th, of course, is the uh, one thing in the Sumo Hall's uh, Sumo Hall, the G1 Climax Finals um, at 2 a.m. Eastern. So not bad. <laughs> I can, I, yeah, that's August 13th. I can do that. That's, that's doable. 2 a.m. Eastern. The problem is the show is going to be like six hours long, but that's all right. Uh, I get English commentary for that show, too. But yeah, 1 a.m., you can definitely, uh, definitely pull that. It's a lot of these other ones. Uh, some of these other ones are like 5.30. I, uh, the one thing I love is like a few of these G1s, like they start at like 6.30 a.m., which is like, that's not bad. Like, I'm up at that time, you know? Yeah, that also, it wraps around so far into the morning that you can just get up, you know, and yeah, right. watch it before work. So... Yeah, for sure. Majority are like 3 a.m. Eastern or, you know, so that's those are. Yeah, the old 4.30 Eastern. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough one. Too late to stay up. It's too early to get up. It's it's it, those, those are the rough ones. Such Except those fuckers on the West Coast that everything works oh, out for them. I love them. Yeah, that's bastards. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's that's the G1 Climax uh, schedule. Fuck so. you, Brian Rose. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's always able to do it. Man. Fuck off, Brian Rose. Back in the day when we needed G1 reviews, he could do them every, all of them. Vinny Massaro. Yeah, fuck all those guys. Yeah, is what I, I say. The whole West Coast. Yeah. They'll float away eventually. It's all fine. So that's true. <laughs> I'll be underwater in a few years anyway. So that's uh, pretty good. But uh, Brian yeah. Alvarez, we know he's staying up. Oh, Chico, you know, he's staying up to watch these. <laughs> Uh, take it away dave yeah this is gonna be the summer of dave the g1 climax and then he pets his cats for another take time. us through the card <laughs> right then yeah you, you know you know you know just nothing it's my favorite thing is just dave having conversations with himself too on those shows <laughs> where, like he doesn't like bounce to brian he just kind of like in his head argues himself about something and like discusses something and then wraps it around it's just the greatest thing ever i love i love observer radio yeah but uh, all right, so we're talking uh, while we're in New Japan land here. Um, of course, we got this weekend. We got the New Japan G1 Climax specials in the so US. Fill me in. Are these airing on Axis or what? Because I'm they at a- are yeah. So the way the first night is going to air live. Okay, that's awesome. If I, remember correctly, I didn't yeah. know that. This is- oh, the two shows. Never mind. Okay, okay. So the two shows are going to both air live on New Japan World with English commentary. Um, both nights will air on the Access TV network. The first night will be live. And the second night will be on tape delay July 7th. Now, wait a minute. New Japan World, I thought they're going to be blacked out in America. Why would they have English commentary? I guess, it says English commentary here. I don't know. You're probably right that they're going to be blacked out. I don't know that. So then um, what would be the point of the English commentary? Right. I, I agree. Yeah, let me. That's just this something I read here. Let me Let me see here. Um, yeah, let me Let me go to actually New Japan World to find out for sure. If it's kind of access, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm going to watch it on Access and most people that have Access. But yeah, let, let me find out for sure about, because uh, there's going to be people listening that, that definitely want to know and, and rightfully so. So let me... Uh, Let's yeah. go to the old delivery schedule here on uh, New Japan World. Which, by the way, the redesign, the redesign fucking sucks. I don't care about that, you know. 
it's a mess. This website, it's been much what, harder to get it. The New Japan World? Yeah, yeah. I cannot stand the redesign. I would rather go back to when there was no English on it and I used my Google Translate. I found whatever I wanted to find in 30 fucking seconds. I can't find anything on that site anymore. And it's supposed to be more intuitive. So all you people who whined about getting it in English, you ruined it for everyone else. Because <laughs> right. I can't find anything on there anymore. That's all hidden. It's like, cause it looks like a mobile site, even though you're you're using it on a desktop. Terrible redesign. Yeah. So I'm not a fan either, but, uh, so it says here, so it says for the July 2nd show, um, all oh, these are a mess because, oh, geez. Okay. never mind. It's, it's a mess because they're, uh, the dates are kind of messed up because when they're airing in America or whatever. So, right. um, God, this is hard to, okay. Uh, it says live. It says live for both of them. But does it say English commentary? It uh, uh, so it says okay. So it says because it is live. In, I'm okay, sure. okay. So it's live in Japanese. Got it. Okay, makes right. a whole total sense here. Live for non-U.S. territories. VOD for U.S. later for the English commentary. So that so, okay. That's that's what I thought. I was a little confused by so what I read. Bla- that, okay, so. don't try to watch it on New Japan World live. It's going to be blacked out. Correct. But they'll give it to you on the time delay, maybe a day later or whatever. And that's for July second. It does say though that the other one, uh, English commentary live. Okay. All right. so now is July third airing on Access Two or no? Uh, it is, but not till J- uh, July seventh. That's gonna gotcha. be gotcha. Okay, so. so they just don't want to interfere with Access. Right. So night one's live. Go watch Access. Everyone watch Access. It's gonna be on Access. Right. We'll have it in Japanese for the Japanese people, but U.S. guys don't bother watching on Access. You have night- to. You don't have a choice if you right. want to watch live. Right. Night two, you can watch it. Uh, you can wait till July seventh to watch it on Access, or you can come to Japan World and watch it with English commentary live. So right. That's so what that's I got. The plan. So. Which makes sense. It's a good plan. That's that's probably the best way to do it. So that's that's awesome. And and I know Access TV is real pumped about it. Hey, you know what's smart about that? If you if you're not a New Japan World subscriber and you watch Night One on Access and you see the first round of the tournament and mm-hmm. then in order to see Night Two, you either got to wait a week or buy a subscription to New Japan World. Hey, watch that's it. Watch it tomorrow. Watch it right now. You're yeah, fired up. You saw a great show. You know what the second round matches in the tournament are going to be. That's going to sell some subscriptions. So. I don't know if that was the idea, but it was smart if it was. And as far as this being on access, I'm really excited to see ratings-wise how it does, how many new people kind of jump in. I know I got some friends that, that have been talking about it a little bit and, and discussing it and like, oh, cool, you know, I'm looking forward to it. So that's going to be cool to watch. I mean, I hope it is a big moment for them, and, and, and it should be. I mean, there's no reason. It, it this is be. a big moment. Rich, yeah. we're getting a live New Japan show on United States television. Yep, that I could just, on my TV, just click. Da, 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 da. <laughs> there you it is. Turn yeah. on your TV and watch a live New Japan show. I mean, people should be excited. They should be excited about this. You know, I, shit, I got to have a party. The nurse, big time stuff. The nurse okay. is working. Hold on a minute. I didn't realize the nurse is well, Hold on. We got a big night here. Let's. Oh, you got the nurse out of the house, too. Yeah. Huh? I didn't realize that at first. Here we nice. go. All right. So you have two choices here. You can have some friends over, right? Order some pizzas, get some sandwiches, uh, whatever the case. Or, Rich, think of this. You can just have a night on your own, enjoying a little New Japan action in your underwear. What's it going to be? I don't know. That's tough to source. I was planning on it being an underwear night, but uh, hmm. underwear nights are nice, right? I'd love them. Yeah. When you, be, when you become an adult, like no, I never thought I would like to do that. But now as like an adult, man, it's just like my favorite day ever is like a Saturday where just nobody taught. I like leave my phone in my bedroom. I don't even want to be bothered by any of my friends. I don't want to hear it from any. I just want to be alone. Like, don't talk to me. Don't see me. Just me. That's all me. Yeah. Not wearing Rich, pants been, the entire been, day. No, I'm not wearing a shirt. Yeah, you're not going to put a shirt. I'm not putting right. a shirt on. Crumbs <laughs> in your chest hair. Absolutely. Right. I've been single for so long that it's an inconvenience when I have people coming over and I have to put on <laughs> pants. I'm like, what the fuck? I got to find pants? I got people coming over here? This is bullshit. 
Are you wearing Rich, pants? I never have you pants. told me you were naked the other show. Are you? Uh... I, I recorded last week naked. I never have pants when I record this show. So when you say naked, like are we like bare ass naked or do you at least have underwear? Last week, I was legitimately bare ass <laughs> naked when I recorded that? this show. I don't know, man, because I was undressed and I was like, fuck <laughs> it, man. But then I remembered we're using Google, the fucking Google gimmick now, right? We are. So, I don't see your video, so that's, at first it's thank God. Yeah, I turned the ca- I was like, I better turn this camera off because Rich is gonna see my gimmick, you know? Because I, <laughs> I got nothing on here. Why would you just be naked? Because I'm in my own home. No one's here. You know, I'm just relaxing. You know, I was fresh out of the shower and I didn't feel like putting clothes on. Right. Man can't be naked in his own home. Isn't it like what chair? What kind of chair are you sitting in here? What are we like? Just I, I just want to get an idea of cleanliness here at this household. That. Oh, my house is impeccably. My house is serial killer clean. You know that. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah. um, last week I is did it like record. a suede chair. Is it leather? What are we talking about here? No, I I stand. You know, I stand when I record. <laughs> so you're standing naked. Yeah, talking to me about wrestling for three hours, pacing around as I stand. Yeah. I can't imagine why you're single. It's, this uh, week I'm on a couch. Actually, honestly. okay, good. Are you naked it's again? Are you, no, so no, you put clothes on when you when you're when you're not when you're gonna sit on a couch or a chair. You put some amount of clothes. Well, yeah, sure. But today it's an underwear day. I'm in the boxer briefs and a fucking, you know, white t-shirt. Mac Weldon, you're, you're Mac Weldon underwear. I'm Max Weldon. Bo- yeah, Max Mac Weldon. Bo- they don't sponsor us anymore. So, no, I'm not going to lie. Oh, true, yeah. They're not Mac Weldon. Um, yeah, but today's an underwear hey, day, but I'm, I'm recording from the couch. You know, I'm chilling out. I was watching the Reds game earlier while we were recording. So oh, yeah, the Reds. You've, uh, you've been gone for so long that the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Your Reds are no longer in first place. <laughs> when you left, they were in first place. When you came back, they. Yeah, that didn't last very long. Uh, much different world in Cincinnati from when you left. Much but, okay. Well, I'm glad you're wearing pants this time. But uh, let's talk about this card here real quick. We we'll have to break down every single match here. I think we I want to talk. Yeah, we did already that. I, I do want to talk about um, the tournament. We we kind of don't want to really talk about because we might know the finish, so we don't want to spoil that for anybody. But I do want to talk about one match in particular. Um, of course, for people that don't know, July 1st is the first show that we talked about, and then July 2nd, of course, is the the next one. Uh, we give you details on what's going to be airing live and all that sort of stuff. But uh, night one. Pretty much all the eyes, I think, are on this match, which is being hyped up, and, and for rightfully so, and I, I'm really, me, it's my most anticipated match of the weekend, because I, I, I really am <laughs> early in between, I don't exactly know what's going to happen, and that's kind of fun, and that's Okada versus Cody. It's the IWGP Heavyweight Championship match. There's a lot of people that think Cody's coming out here. You have been sort of on the fence, you're not quite sure. I'm going to ask you right now, in our final talk about this, our final preview of this, does Cody R walk out with the... IWGP Heavyweight Championship after night one. I haven't changed my opinion. I think Okada will win. If you put a gun to my head or the, you know, the deed to my home on the table and made me bet, I'm taking Okada. But again, Rich, I would not be shocked if Cody wins. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, the way I'm seeing it with a lot of people is, is they're saying like – you know Okada's winning. Like people, people are kind of working themselves into a shoot here a little bit with Cody. But like you're saying, there's still that tinge of like, huh, you know, like it's not a surefire thing. Like people are saying 100, no, no, no. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. And I agree. The logic part of us is like, ah, there's no way Okada's going to lose. But then again, there's just that little bit. Like this is a, this is the debut in America. Like the, they're not going to go out here and 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 have a basic paint by numbers show. They know this is a big deal. You know what I mean? They know this is something yeah. important, and and that could be the thing that they're talking. About. Like, hey, if we want to make you know, make a splash, make get in the news, make something that's a big deal. Okada losing the title in America, I mean, that's a big deal if it happens. I don't think it's going to happen. Like you said, if if my, my house was on the line, I'm, I'm definitely going Okada. But 
I'm watching this match, you know, with the intrigue of, huh, yeah, yeah, Cody could win. Like, yeah. And that's fun. That's, um, that's interesting. I mean, that, that doesn't happen very often where, where you get that. And I'm, I'm excited because, and that's the one where you're like, there's going to be like real emotion there. We're like, like, cause I know I'm going to be rooting for Okada and like every Cody near fall. Yes. I'll be like, Oh no, Oh no, no. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. Like, and that's cool. Like that, that's the suspension of disbelief thing that, that, and I guess credit to new Japan. Cause they, uh, they were able to do something that uh, ROH tried to book something very similar to this at best in the world. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. And it didn't have that juice. Whereas this, I think is going to have that where there's going to be a, a contingent contingent of people that will despise if Cody wins, that they really don't want Cody, the perceived, the perceived outsider to win. And they want Okada, the Japanese guy, the, New Japan through and through got to win, and that's going to cause a little bit of a uh, heat in the building because I think in the building you're going to have a lot of people that want Cody to win. You know, your Bullet Club fans, your ROH Bullet you Club think fans so. think so. are going to, really yeah, I think so. so. I do. I really do. I mean, the best in the world, and I guess this kind of segues a little bit into that. Half that crowd did not give a shit about Christopher Daniels and wanted Cody to win. And no, I, I, listen, so, like, I, I agree, but I think you're going to have a different kind of crowd at these two shows. I um, think these are fly ins. I think they're fly ins. I think they're people who are I don't know. I think these are hardcore New Japan fans, and I think Cody's going to get booed out of the building. Okay, that'd be interesting to see. I I, I think you're going to have your fair share of Bullet Club fans that are going to be showing up there. And it's I, possible. And I use that as a reference to, like, it, I'm not putting them down. It's just sort of a type of fan. I know what you mean. Yeah, like, for sure. They're, you know, they're showing look, up the Bullet Club are popular. Absolutely. For better or worse, the Bullet Club is popular. Okay? We're not into it. We were over it super fast. We were over it in 2014. But I, was, I, mean, I was done late Devon era Bullet Club. I was over <laughs> Yeah, I mean, for real. But they're popular. And I'm not, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if you're right. I feel like, though, these two shows are special. I feel like the people who bought the tickets are flying in from all over the country, from all over the world. And I think that they're your hardcore New Japan World subscriber. I don't think they're your ROH Bullet Club t-shirt wearing fan. I don't think that's okay. what you're going to yeah. get. Be interested to see. I think there'll be a blend of those. I, I, I think you're going to get a few of those people or enough of them to make it make a little bit of, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I don't have a good read on it. I, look, I, we've been over it a million times the last month or so. I think it would be a horrendous business decision for Cody to win the title. I think it would annoy people in Japan. I think it would be a shitty way for Okada's title reign to end. But I do think that both credit to Cody credit to new Japan that they've, there's enough seed of doubt here. I think people are scared. I think people are scared. Cody can win. Um, and good on them. Because there's going to be some drama here. If it was Okada versus Kojima or something, there's no drama whatsoever. There's some, going to be some drama here. And you're right. Those near falls are going to be filled with suspense. Um, which is why I think I expect this match to deliver. I really do. Um, the run that Okada's on. And I think Cody, look, can I say again, biggest match of someone's career? This is the biggest match yeah. of his career, right? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, no question. And, um, you know, and, and I was going to come up with some fucking annoying, like now nah, Rhodes and gold dust versus, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like well, they, they will be wrong. Yeah. They'll be absolutely fucking wrong. Okay. Unless they can come up with a, a WWE title match. We're forgetting about that occurred on a pay-per-view or something. The only one I found, I think we talked about it last week. I found like a Royal rumble and they was in that. It was like for the, the road, the Royal rumble for the title. But yeah, that's. Wait, like a 30 man Royal Rumble match? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. No, it that's wasn't. Not, it wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It was literally the Royal Rumble. Well, that's a terrible cool. argument because right, that means that, you know, like, like the Royal Rumble matches. Fandango, Fandango has had multiple. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying. It's not the biggest match of Curtis Axel's career because he's in a Royal Rumble. That's a terrible argument. Um, it's not the, the, the Royal Rumble match is a big match. It's not the biggest match of anyone's career, is, is basically what I'm saying. Just not. Um, just 30 other guys in the fucking thing. But um, 
Yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's going to deliver. I think it'll be the best match of Cody's career, um, which, you know, it's not exactly – I mean, what's the best singles match of his career? I mean, really? Yeah, don't ask me. Yeah, we talked the strap about match against Jay Lethal? Uh, um, I, I, I can't even come up with one. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this easily will be the best match, singles match of his career. He's had some good tags. But sure. it'll be the best match of his career and easily the best singles match of his yeah, career. Yeah, probably some random IC title match they had with Rey Mysterio or something like that is probably, you know, what so people are going to say. But. Here's the thing if we're forgetting about it, how good was it? Right. Right? I mean, let's be honest. So um, I expect it to deliver. Um, you know, good on Cody for getting over. It's, it's, I mean, you know, so it'll be interesting. I think the tournament, people are really going to love the second night of the tournament. Yes. Yeah. If you're if you're looking at the day two card and kind of going, eh, there's not a whole lot there. There will nah, be a lot there. Yeah, the final is going to be phenomenal. Um, I think it's a a good choice for the final. I really do. Yeah, Buck's advice um, is going to be awesome because Trent Barreto is oh, the greatest wrestler in the world God, right now. How good is Trent? I know that we kind of started. Give, I don't know that. what award. I don't know what award to give him, but he's got to get an award. And we started it. I mean, you know, now it's spread all over, but we're taking credit for that. I mean, you know, we started the Trent train this year. The guy, I mean. You know, if I was going to do, man, I don't want to go that far, but he's just having such a great year in such a unique way. And yeah, that match is going to roll. I mean, there's no way it won't. Where they've had great matches this year, six-man matches, tag matches. So the second night's going to be excellent. And, and despite the fact that the Tanahashi-Billy gun match has that stink, um, you know, I don't think that can drag that that card down. And we don't even know what guys like Okada, I'm sorry, um, uh, um, yeah, Okada. We don't even yeah, know yeah, what Okada no yeah. and, and some of and Kushida and people like that are going to be doing because it's contingent on they can't give it away based on what they do on night one. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to it. I think the shows are going to rock. I really do. And I, I didn't even know. I knew they were airing on Axis in some form. I had no clue that the first night was airing live on Axis. So it'll be nice to just fire up the DVR when you get home. You know what I mean? Instead of mm-hmm. loading up the New Japan world and firing up the Chromecast and I know first world problems, whatever, <laughs> but it's, it's true. But we're, we're spoiled little brats and that's fine. it will be so nice to come home, flip on my TV and just hit play on the DVR. Right. Yeah. And I get like a lot of like, uh, uh, like buffering issues and stuff. And it's not bad. Like it's fine, but like, it's not gonna be a problem. I just, my big TV, yeah. turn on access, put my speakers all the way up and, and I got a whole little thing. That's going it, through. man. Sit there in my underwear and, uh, watch some new Japan. Now who's doing commentary. Cause again, I, I know nothing. Pretty sure it's Kelly and uh, Callis. Oh, it is Kelly and Callis doing it on Axis too. I believe so, but let me uh, let me. Oh God, I, I don't think that's it's true. Jr. It's Jr. Never mind. Yeah, you're fucking right. It's Jr. and Josh Barnett. So at least Josh Barnett's there. So Jr. and Barnett. Okay, Jr. You know, uh, <laughs> going live like Wrestle Kingdom Nine, I guess. Right? But yeah. uh, wonder who's spotting them because it ain't me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I you know I you know yeah. Oh, yeah, take a, take a drink, yeah. Rich. <laughs> Tell a joke, Rich. Um, but yeah, so, uh, okay. Hopefully he's got a good spotter. I don't know. Um, oh, the bullet points. I remember just watching that being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. <laughs> That's exactly. You know, whatever. <laughs> don't add anything uh, else there. Just read it word for word. That's fine. No shout out. It's cool. No problem. It's good. No, we don't, we're not better. We're not better. No know. shout out. No problem. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> A little pluggeroo wouldn't hurt, but it's all right. You know, you could rip on Matt Stryker all you want, but he gave a little pluggeroo, didn't he? Oh, you know? yes, he did. Yeah. So, you know, 
Kelly always shouts out the uh, Pearlcast on our Kelly always shouts out the Pearlcast every time. You know, would have been a nice, classy (laughs) thing to do, but I'm a charitable man, I guess. So it's all right. You know, it's all right. (laughs) Didn't spend any time on it. Sound like it. No, no, not like I spent three straight nights on it or anything. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. okay. He's going to be called the Mayon Classic, man. Can you imagine him and Lita? Oh, God, that's going to be so bad. Lita can't talk. She can't say two words at a desk. I mean, she's going to be doing commentary. She can't. They, they, they go to her at the desk, so and she's like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And I she's know. Like, she's, what are you talking about? Yeah, and I mean, who's spotting Ross for that? <laughs> right. He's not going to know anything. I mean, what, what does Ross know about, uh, you know, random indie wrestler <laughs> number six? Yeah, right. He's a big. Or Hojo uh, or whatever. He, what yeah, he's, a big, he's a big stardom shimmer. You know, he loves his I mean, he'll do it. Look, now, listen, we're having fun here. He'll do some homework. Okay, uh, you know, I have no some. doubt he'll do some homework. <laughs> some. He'll do some homework. Okay. <laughs> some is the operative word there. Yeah, I mean, you know. Not his homework. There's, you could have said he'll do his homework, but you said he'll do some homework. And I think people may or may there. not have been very nice and to send him several suggested matches to prepare him for the WrestleMania. I don't know if he watched them or not. I, I don't know. He was given the homework to do. I don't know whether he did it or not. But the point here is I'm sure he'll do a little bit of homework. I don't know if he's going to order Stardom World. Um you know, I don't know if he's going to be ordering. Sh- you think he's ordering some Shimmer DVDs? Yeah, back, backlog, yeah, we'll catch up yeah. on the backlog of DV- uh, Shimmer DVDs. Yeah, you know, but uh, but I wonder who's spotting him for that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's interesting. And look, there's nothing embarrassing about having a spotter. That's standard no, industry. Not at all. Yeah. You know, that's what you do in the sports industry. I mean, you know, all these guys, all, every one of these play-by-play guys has a spotter. You know, they all do. Um, so, you know, you think, you think Tim Brando, I don't know why I'm picking on Tim Brando, but you think, <laughs> Jeez, Tim, you think, well, he, I got Tim Brando sideswipe here. Yeah. He's a, he's a Twitter enemy of mine, but if, if you think Tim Brando is parachuting in to do some random college basketball game. If you think, Hell he, no. yeah, right. Of course. I mean, they have spies. How are experts you know? of every team they've ever seen. It's not, because yeah, and I'm not suggesting that Tim Brando doesn't work hard. I'm sure he works very, look, the guy's a pro, a total pro. And I'm sure he does work. I actually like Tim Brando. Uh, yeah, but he doesn't have much time to watch, like you know. Yeah, but when he's do- yeah, right. When he's doing a West Virginia Oklahoma game, I mean, right? Yeah, know, he's not he's not watching Oklahoma basketball. He's not staying up and DVRing every Big Twelve basketball game, and rewatching every single yeah. Like right. So the idea of a spotter, you know, but you know, a little plug of root doesn't hurt. You know, <laughs> kind of really you know, little trade off there. You know, that's all I'm asking. You know, I, yeah. I'm not even asking for money. You know, I'm just asking. You know, how about you? You know, say, say the name of the site at some point. That's yeah. all. That's all. Well, one benefit to Jim Ross is he can speak words. Lita cannot. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be. But this will be a much better combo because Josh Barnett is very good. Josh Barnett's one of the best in. I love Josh world, Barnett. So he's the greatest. I yeah. mean, you know, he's talking about the holds and what they're doing to the body. Yeah. And, oh, using his energy. Oh, I think he's using his energy on these pinfalls a little too much and stuff. Like, really cool old school he's, stuff. He's and different than anyone else. No one calls matches the way he does. And the thing is, you know he loves pro wrestling, you know, and it comes through. And he loves yeah. it in a, in a different kind of way. You know what I mean? Like, he loves it. And, and, and he's really an excellent pro wrestler. I love watching that guy wrestle, too. That's the other thing. And, um, you know, I kind of wish he'd he'd just do it. I really do. Um, I, he'd be a nice addition to New Japan, you know, something different. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, uh, look, I think Ross could do a good job. He could do a fair job or he could do a horrendous job. I don't think he'll do a great job. Is that fair? Um, yeah, I think it's fair. I don't think he'll do a great job. But I think he could do a competent job. Um, and I think he could do a really bad job. I think he could be really bad live, too. I mean, no net. Um, you know, he has, he wasn't great at, uh, was, uh, the NXT show, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. When he called the, um, Pete Dunn match. Oh, I actually, I never listened to that. Cause I was, um, 
That was their live, so yeah, I didn't. Oh, that's right. No, but he wasn't great. He was average at best, calling that Pete Dunn match. Um, and a lot of people, he got a lot of poor reviews too. A lot of people thought he was terrible. Um, so I don't know, but you know, I could see why they'd hire him. Sure. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's still like got the cash. Guy. He's still Jim Ross, and uh, sure. That means a lot to a lot of people. So, <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm I'm excited. Barnett will, will will really over. He'll compensate more than enough for Jim Ross. Jim Ross, no matter I, even if he is the absolute steaming pile of shit, which I, he's not going to be. Jim Ross has a baseline that that's fine. Uh, Barnett will make up for it. Barnett's the greatest, uh, one of the best in the business, maybe, maybe the best in the business. So. Yeah, I really like him too. I mean, he's probably not everyone's cup of tea um, because he he's so different in the way he calls the matches. Well, but. if anybody grew up with WWE commentary and that's all they know is like, right. Ed, or, I mean, then you might not like Barnett, but if that anybody, if you've watched old wrestling commentators, yeah, you gotta love Barnett. I mean, he, he's, he's 1983, you know what I mean? Like he's, he's just calls it like a sport. And that's for a lot of us and myself included and you as that's well. I want. Many people that listen to this. That's what you want. You want the commentator to think this is what he is watching is, is serious business here and he is calling it like he sees it. And, and yeah, that, that's important in particular. That's what I want when I'm watching new Japan too. You know, it, right. it's, it's, I may not want that all the time or I may not need it all the time. I think it's important that it fits well with this product. Sure. Um, we're just about out of time here real quick. I want to talk about uh, ROH best in the world. I watched uh, the final three matches of it. I haven't caught up with the entire show yet. Uh, for those that haven't seen, uh, the main event here was Cody defeating Christopher Daniels for the ROH World Championship. Um, it was a match. I mean, unfortunately, it's like we were kind of joking in our, our, our voice wrestling slack when it was all done that like every Cody match, it's like it was fine. I think somebody said perfectly fine. I was like that. That could be the name of his autobiography. Like Cody Rhodes, perfectly fine. Like, yep. like adequate enough. Like it, the match was fine. It was okay. And then it was over. It so it just. Yeah, it, it, you know, like Cody Rhodes, yeah. a guy that had a match, <laughs> a guy that had an OK. But yeah, it was a match. Right? Like it happened. Like, uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. And it wasn't good. It was a Cody match. I mean, we're at that point now where it's the guy has just an uncanny ability to just level out at like two and a half, three stars. Right. Again, his matches Daniels. are always they're always almost really good. Right, you're like, oh, nah, damn it. And that's how this he match was. Like, there. it was getting yeah. there, it was getting, and then he pinned him. And I was like, damn it, like five more minutes, yeah. Cody. You had something. Like, like I don't know if he goes home or what, whatever. But like, he just can't understand that. Like, just you got the intrigue, you got the. It's crowd. an like, interesting go. point. There's always, <laughs> like, there's always a lack of. He doesn't really build to the drama all the way that it, it, it's sort of. It falls short of the proper dramatic climax every time. Yeah. It's it, you feel like it's getting there and it's just, and that's look, that's a skill, right? I mean, it is, um, you can cheat and just do a bunch of near falls, which is what a lot of guys do, or you can just be really good at building. Like I think Tanahashi is the master of that, of building to that amazing climax or the, you know, yeah, a, listening a, to the crowd in a lot of ways and knowing, okay, we got him. Let's go now. Like now yes. we, and that's, that's the key is a lot of times we'll, like you're saying, like guys will just do a bunch of pinfalls or whatever, but the key is not necessarily to just do that, but to know, okay, we got the crowd. All right, let's do it now. Let's, let's go, you know. And you know let's, who's been doing a great job at that lately? Yeah. Naito. Yeah. He lulls you to sleep to the point where you're almost about ready to say this match sucks. And then it goes, he just, it's like he's teasing the fans. He's teasing the crowd. And then it peaks at just the right time. And you, and by the time you're done with the match, you're like, holy shit, that was incredible. You know, that's the, how I felt watching the Elgin match, you know, and, 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 and some of the other matches he's had this year. So, um, and with Cody, it's like, he doesn't, he lacks that skill 
I, I, it's weird. It's hard to explain, but his shit just doesn't peak in a dramatic fashion, and it definitely doesn't do it at the right times. He doesn't bring you on that journey and then hammer you home at the end. It just doesn't happen with him. All of his matches feel flat, yeah. and none of them feel like they're shitty matches. No, no, no. There's there's that baseline. There's that. They're almost really good. Right. There's always a floor where it's not going to go below two and a half. It's going to be good. And you're going to go, okay, here we go. We got something here. And then, it, yeah, it just kind of peters off and ends. And you're like, eh. like let's think of the Elgin match you just had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing. And this is this is very similar to that. I think uh, th- this vibe. And, and I don't know. There might be people that really enjoyed this match maybe more than me. But everybody in our group and everybody, every review I've seen just kind of was like, yeah, it was fine. And then it just kind of ended. <laughs> and it's like that's. Do you think what hurt it, too, is he was an absolute lock to win? I think he was a lot to win. And the other problem, too, is the way they built the story is that Cody was like this invader that was coming in. He wasn't a Ring of Honor guy. He was using lawyers to get this title shot. And like they try to kind of do like the Summer of Punk, you know, the CM Punk thing where he's like a guy that's, you know, on the outs. Like he's not really in the company. And you got Daniels, who's Mr. ROH or, you know, obviously that's Roger Strong. But now they're kind of playing up as Daniels being that guy that's, you know, been in Ring of Honor forever and, and really represents Ring of Honor. Like Cody's the outsider or whatever. But the problem is he came out and every Bullet Club shirt guy was just cheering. And Cody was over, like, way more than Christopher Daniels when it was all said and done. So that hurt the dynamic of the match, too, because the crowd wanted Cody to win. They knew Cody was going to win, and they wanted him to win. So that, in a way, kind of hurt it. So Right. Uh, other matches, though, that definitely check out on the show, Kushida Marty Skrull, uh, not maybe as awesome as you think would think that these two would be I don't know exactly why it didn't quite work out but I was a little disappointed by that match but I will say the match that really blew me away of the three that I saw I haven't seen the rest of the show uh, as well but I've heard kind of mixed stuff on the on the undercard uh here I told I was hurt I, I was told really just watch those top three matches uh but go out of your way to check out if you can the Young Bucks War Machine and they inserted themselves in the match Beretta and Chucky e. T the best friends got themselves involved in the match afterwards. And this is when I was like, all right, Beretta's the greatest. Like, like I'm sorry. Yeah. Give him an award. I don't know what it is. But again, like, he, he always is the best man in every match he's in. And this was yet another example uh, with these guys. But this was a really, really fun match. Crowd got with five in. pretty awesome dudes, too, in this one. And he's and to you, he still stood out as the best guy. I mean, because you're in there with the Bucks and War Machine and, and Chuck. Right, yeah, you're, you're with the Bucks in ROH, and those guys are, it's, right. you know, gods in that company. But, yeah, they were able to still right. do it. And, and War Machine, I mean, they're just as over in Ring of Honor as well. And then when it was all said and done, the crowd was just going fucking ape shit for Chucky e. T and Beretta, who are both awesome. Like, I mean, they're both really good. I mean, Chuck, Chuck Taylor's right there with them as well in, in terms of a guy. who. But, but Beretta, man, I mean, and if there's ever, like, Hey, we need like a really, you know, because this is a tornado tag or whatever. But yeah, there was like, hey, who needs to take like the worst spot of the entire match? Beretta's like the first one. Like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, yeah, like all year. He's just been like, yeah, whatever. I'll do that. He's a masochist this year. Yeah, you know? Like, what got into him? Like, he's never been this before. But now it's like, it's not just the big, ugly spots. His just his selling overall. is Yeah, right, right. And, that, and that's how he was in this entire match. So I this was, of the three, was far and away the best match I've seen. And I've seen from a lot of people, uh, this is probably match of the night for a lot of them as well. So, yeah, definitely check that one out if you get a chance. But uh, it's my little quick overview of Best in the World. We have a review up on the website as well. Sean Cedor, our, our ROH correspondent, I guess I could say at this point. He definitely does uh, most of our ROH, ROH stuff. He does a nice job. Yeah, he does a fantastic job. Follows the product, watches everything, so does a yeah. great job. But, uh, yeah, he, he has a review on the website. So if you want a full breakdown of the show and see if it's uh, it's worth your time. But that was uh, ROH Best in the World. And then, uh, Joe, before we get out of here, anything else that you have in mind to talk about? Yeah, Glow Stinks. Oh, yeah, your hot take on Glow. I have not watched Glow yet, and I, I, I recently got canceled episodes, Netflix, so. I got two episodes left. It's just not good TV. I mean, Rich, you know my one of my other major hobbies is television shows. You sure, know that. Of course, yeah. I tweet about it a lot on the shoot account, and I really had high hopes for it because one of my favorite reviewers, um, Alan Sepinwall, 
gave it a great review. And I usually vibe with that guy a lot. I mean, it's just like wrestling reviewers, right? You know, people complain about reviewers, but it's like you got to find reviewers that you know, trust, and vibe with, right? So it's like if I know a wrestling reviewer that has similar taste to me, I can trust his reviews. Well, Alan Seppenwall is a guy, a television reviewer. I almost always agree with him, and he loved Glow, and a lot of reviewers love Glow. So I was very excited about it, not just because it was about wrestling, but because I like good TV. And, um, you know, I think Allison Brie is a great actress, and I, I like her a lot, and Mark Marin. Um, Mark, Mark Maron is the highlight of the show, by the way. I mean, he's the best thing about it. He steals every scene that he's in. And uh, by the end of the show, he's very, I mean, you almost feel like he's so good in it that you feel like the show is focused on him instead of Brie. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but yeah, the show is just not good. It's just not good TV. It's, it's, uh, it's boring which is strike one. You can't be a boring television show. I mean, you can't be boring. You just can't. Uh, it's formulaic. It's um, supposed to be a comedy, but it's not funny. Um, it's just not good. It, That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Ideally, if you're a comedy, you should be funny. That's. I've watched eight episodes. I haven't laughed once. Yeah. Now, there were some cute little gags and things that I smirked at. You know, some of Marin's lines are okay. Um, but it, it's, you know, you see the jokes coming. I, I don't know. It's just not, it's not a show that's going to make you think. It's not a show that's going to, look, the best thing I could say about it is it's an easy watch. It is an easy watch. Um, it's not shitty enough where I'm going to hand wave it, but it's not good enough where I'm ever going to be invested in it. It's that kind of show where it's just background noise and it's disappointing. And if there is a season two, I can't, there's no shot I'm going to watch unless these last two episodes are just out of this world, which is highly doubtful because there's not even a direction for these characters. I don't care about any of these characters. With the exception of the Mark Maron character, which makes no sense. He's like a right. sleaze ball in the beginning, and he does sort <laughs> right. of he should this, be the least one you care about, yeah. Well, he does this slow burn face turn over the course of the show, and then you kind of get invested in him. Um, but as far as, as you know, Alice and Bree's character goes and some of the other girls, I mean, they, they get minor subplots to some of the other girls, but You know, Alice, she's way too good for this material. I mean, they don't give her anything to do. She's great because she's awesome. Yeah, she is great. And she's she's adorable and she's great and she's a great actress. And, um, you know, I I thought she was great as uh, Trudy Campbell in Mad Men. I mean, I thought she was great in that role. And she's been in a bunch of movies that where I thought she was tremendous. And the material is so weak that I think it's an it's a total waste of her. Um, It's just not it's just a weak show. Um, it's, it's not good, but it's an easy watch and it's light. Uh, but I don't like my TV light and easy. You know what I mean? I like my TV to challenge me a little bit and I'm not trying to sound like a snob and I probably do to a lot of people, but I, I like something that, you know, and it's just not that if you're expecting that it is not that it's just this easy to watch. It's a quick 30 minutes each episode. Um, and you'll forget about it as soon as you're done watching it. I mean, it's just, it was disappointing. It, it's, I'm not going to say it's a terrible show, but it's not, I can't call it a good show either. It's just there. It's the Cody Rhodes of TV in a lot of yeah. ways. <laughs> and I've heard that from a lot of people, easy watch, easy watch, easy watch. And I'm, I'm kind of the same way as well. Like in some respect, easy watch is fine. If it's like a show that's on TV, like normal TV or whatever, then I'm fine with easy watch. Easy watch is kind of cool. You put it on in the background. You just kind of, you know, whatever. Oh, I missed this part. Or, you know, I'll come in, but th- that, you know, when it's a show that you kind of follow reruns or whatever on TV, Easy watches is fine, but uh, I, we've gotten to the point now, and I think you're not alone in that. Where, where Netflix and, and and these sort of things, especially these you know binge watch things, I don't know if I necessarily want an easy watch when I'm like 
sitting down and like, boom, I'm going to watch eight episodes of the show right now. You, you know, yeah. I want something that really takes me on a ride, you know, takes me, you know, places, gets me emotionally invested, does that sort of stuff. And I don't think you're alone in that. I think there's a lot of people that have that same feeling with this new model of, of, of watching TV, which is, you know, the binge watch a, a show all at once or, you know, over the course of a few days thing. So, yeah, that's an easy watch. I don't know if that is something that I really want either um, in, in my show. I haven't seen it yet. Um, I... I don't know. The fact that you hate it as much, I don't know that. I'd really... give it a shot. Look, you okay, know what? I should watch it. I you know should. It yeah. be, My duty. Might, to... I tell you what, it might be something fun to watch with the nurse. Okay. You know what I mean? It's light. It's easy. It's easily digestible, but it's just not hooking me. It's very boring. Um, the, there's no direction for these characters. I don't care about these characters. You got to make me care about somebody. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I'm, I'm the, no thumb. It's a firm thumb in the middle for me leaning downward. I mean, uh, you know, I'm going to force myself to watch the last two probably tonight because I've gone, you know, if you watch eight out of 10, you got to finish the fucking thing. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. You can't finish so, that. but, but I doubt I'm coming. If there's a second season, I really doubt I'm coming back. I'm surprised that people are claiming they love it as much as they do. I just, I, I don't know. It's just not my cup of tea. It's very similar to weeds. It's very similar to Orange is the New Black because the executive producer behind it is the person who created those two shows. Okay. Now, she didn't write this show, so but it still has her feel. So if you know anything mm-hmm. about the tone of those shows, you're going to get something very similar here. Her name is Slipping Yeah, Orange is the New Black right I loved for like seven episodes, and that was kind of like, yep, I'm done. Same, same <laughs> I never watched I, it ever I, again. Same yeah. with Weeds. I loved Weeds for like a season and a half, and then I was like, all right, well, this is just the same shit over and over again, and it's not – and the tone of the show and the type of humor. And that, that's exactly what this show is just like those shows. Okay. Interesting. Um, so that's kind of what your expectations should be coming in. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's fine, I guess, but the reviews were so good that it's like, it definitely didn't meet the X. Ex- I think maybe if the reviews weren't so great, I maybe wouldn't have had such high expectations coming in. It's kind of being spoiled for a match, you know, like I always complain about that. And it's like, Oh, I heard this match was great. And then I watch it and it can't live up. Right. This got such great reviews, it just didn't live up. All right, so that's Joe's glowing glow review. So uh, go check that out, <laughs> of course, on Netflix if you haven't seen it yet already. So, Joe, I think we're out of time here. So let everybody know voiceofwrestling.com for the rest of our great content. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to this podcast as well as any other podcast that we have on our network, uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on TuneIn Radio, whatever. Just look up Voices of Wrestling. Also, we have a bunch of new podcasts that we've added to the feed uh, in the past you know, year or so or the last few months even. Uh, if you want to subscribe to an individual and you're like, hey, I'm a little overwhelmed by this network, that, you know, there's too much stuff here. If you go to our audio boom page, if you just look up Voices of Wrestling Audio Boom, you'll get to every individual you know, every individual show's page, and you can subscribe just to that show. So if you're like, hey, I just want to listen to the Voice Wrestling flagship, I just want to listen to Burning Spirits or whatever, I just want to listen to Music of the Met, you can subscribe individually to those. We prefer if you subscribe to the whole network, but you understand, if there's maybe you're a little overwhelmed, there's too much going on, we're trying to provide content for a little bit of everybody, have a different show with every different feel. But we understand that, yeah, if you want to just listen to Music of the Met, you just want to listen to Open the Voice Gate or whatever, you can go uh, everything evolves. You only care about the evolved product. That's fine. That's not a problem at all. You go to Audio Boom Voices Wrestling. Just look it up, and you'll go to that page, and they'll have RSS feeds there, so you can just subscribe to that podcast if you sh- so choose. Again, we'd prefer the whole network, but uh, if you know if you can, that's too much for you, we totally understand as well. Uh, also, VoicesWrestling.com slash forums. You want to go there throughout this weekend because we're going to talk about the G1 specials. Uh, real good discussion going on about G1. A lot of people talking about scenarios, and there will also be updates about the G1 Pick'em on the forums as well. A lot of the stuff 
throughout the pick'em will be done on the forum. So we definitely suggest you get on there as soon as you can. Uh, VoiceWrestling.com slash forums. We do want to thank, once again, our sponsor of this episode. It was ZipRecruiter. Uh, li- listeners uh, can post jobs for free on ZipRecruiter uh, by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. You can uh, post jobs right now to ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash VOW. For Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll see you next time on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.